0: Are you like me? Are you sick of your podcast sounding like this week after week?
1: Um, Hi, I'm Chris Farley, and this is the Chris this Chris Farley show. And uh, tonight, uh, my host is Jeff Daniels, one of the great actors um, around, I guess. God, I hate doing this part, man. I never know what to say. No, no, you're doing fine, Chris. You're doing good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm not. Anyway. (laughs) Mr. Daniels has done The Purple Rose of Cairo, Terms of Endearment, um, Arachnophobia, and uh, Something Wild, which is an awesome flick. Oh, thanks. Thank you. You remember in uh, Something Wild when uh, Melanie Griffith had you handcuffed to the bed? remember that and you you had to make that phone call remember and you were chained to the thing and you couldn't get away yeah yeah i remember yeah (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) okay so you were uh, also in the purple rose of cairo
0: yeah yeah i was yeah
1: uh, remember when you were doing your movie and uh, Mia Farrow was watching and then you came down off the screen and talked to her? And you were in black and white when you were on the screen, but then when you talked to her, you were in color? Yeah, what about it? Do um, you remember that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that won some awards, didn't it? Uh, no. Uh, God. What an idiot!
2: I'm
1: sorry. Uh, no, you're doing another movie. What was what what's that called? Uh, The Butcher's Wife with Demi Moore. Oh yeah, Demi Moore. She's married to Bruce Willis, right? Yeah. Hmm? Did you see Die Hard?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I did. Rem- remember when he was? Uh... He had to cross all that broken glass without his shoes on, and there was nothing he could do about it, so he just walked on all the broken glass with his bare feet? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did Did you like that? Yes. Yeah, I did too. That was awesome.
0: If you're sick of your podcast sounding like that every week, then you should be listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. We're your one-stop shop for all things geek-related in news and pop culture, whether you like it or not.
3: Episode 39.
4: There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat but it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good to toss it, good to taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture, spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, push over. Pop culture, leftovers. And for the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, sure, that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture, leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Breaks the Tupperware parties of culture spill over like a vulture carryover. Teleculture push over pop culture. Leftovers and the uncool kids.
0: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm um, Jason. And we're the
1: leftovers.
0: All right, Jake is not going to be with us this week. We just recorded an episode um dealing with where Jake is. Jay, do you want to get into that a little bit?
5: Yeah, uh, you know, uh we we just recorded an episode with uh not Peoria Mayor at, at Twitter.
0: Yeah, at at
5: not NotPuria. Right, we Mayer. gotta remember that. Um and you know, basically there's a lot of uh problems in Jake's life at this point because of a fake Twitter account that was a parody about, uh, Peoria, Illinois mayor Jim Artis. Um, and it basically exploded and, um, and now his kind of future is up in the air as far as what's going on legally and, uh, you know, everything else in his life has basically been screwed up because of a joke. Right. And, um, so he can't be with us this week because he's, he's obviously dealing, dealing with a lot of stuff. Because of something that seems very minor, which you will hear on our, uh, previously
0: recorded episode that we just did. Right. But Jake will be back next week. Uh, we won't be dealing with that situation. We'll just be coming back with, uh, the same great content that we bring you every week. So, you know, check out that episode if you want to know more about what's going on there. It was a good conversation and, uh, we'll keep you posted on that as, uh, you know, things develop.
5: Yeah, we actually just talked to him. Um, we we got to have a smoke break. And, yeah, with Jake, uh, we got to talk with Jake. Jake stopped by, and um, you know he's doing well. Um, it really is a fucked up situation, and uh, over something that you know a lot of us have have done stupid stuff in our lives. Um, he pretty much had nothing to do with it anyway, but he got caught up in it. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, check out the episode. If you want to hear more about this, this is national news. Oddly enough.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was on CNN, LA times. Um, it was on, uh, Fox news. Yeah. Um, I, what was it? Vice.com. Vice.com. picked this up. Yeah. So Um, it's been all over the place. So, um, just show Jake your support. Um, you know, send them something nice on, on our Facebook page, go on Twitter, uh, you know, use, uh, the hashtag free Jake E and, uh, two E's. Yeah. yeah, Two E's free Jake E. And, uh, you know, you know, use, feel free to use the hashtag pop leftovers too if you yes. want to.
5: Yes, yes. He, uh, I mean, he loves all you guys and he would definitely, uh, love the support. From I mean, the army. This is something that can affect anybody. It's, yeah. it's a stupid thing. You know, I mean, I don't agree that, you know, maybe this was a smart move on these guys' part to do what they did. But right. regardless of how I feel about it, uh, what happened is totally retarded. Yeah.
0: It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just support Jay. Uh, you know, we're one leftover army. You guys love the show, and we love you. And we need to stand strong. We need to unite. And this is that this is that Rudy moment. You know, where all of us put our jerseys on top of the coach's desk, and we stand strong for Jake. Yeah. So, uh, you know, show Jake your love on uh, Twitter. Show it on Facebook. And uh, let's just start the show. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Where are we this week? There was there was some interesting things that happened this week. Yes. Um. We. I, I, I want to start off with some uh, listener emails that I want to read, actually. Cool. Uh, last week, I talked about how I wanted to hear from the unspoken listeners. And so I got some emails. And it was really cool. The first one was from Adam Cornett, who said, hey, I am one of those quiet listeners. Just wanted to say I love the show. So thank you, Adam. I mean, it's just cool just hearing like, bam, here he comes out of the woodwork, Adam Cornette hiding, hiding in the bushes, <laughs> you know? Is he outside? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I see these little white beady eyes in the bushes and there he is. Bam! Yeah. I'm Adam Cornette. What up? Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> love you guys. I love you too, Adam. So thank you, Adam. Uh, and a new email uh, from our listener, Cameron. He says, this is great. Well, you guys said you wanted to hear from the people who listen but don't write, so here you go. I listen, and now I've written in. <laughs>
2: yeah,
5: <laughs> is it's that a, really all? That's he said? What
0: all he said. The, the, <laughs> fr- the first email he sent me. That's all he said. And so I like, I, I you know, like I, I got it. I got the humor in yeah. that, and I like, I liked it. But I I, I didn't I, – I don't know. He kind of caught me off guard. You didn't get his essence. Uh, yeah. So like <laughs> I, I sent him an email back and I was like, hey, man, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for writing in. I yeah. just wanted to thank him. And he says, well, I didn't suck up too much in my first email. Thought you might get a kick out of it since you always get sucked up to.
5: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: He, well, the thing is like anytime anybody says something like, oh, I love your show. And then I go on to my little rant like, right, oh, right. Now, stop kissing my ass. And <laughs> Here's Brian being Brian. (laughs) And uh, so, then he says, I'm glad you guys are back up and running. I've listened since the Man of Steel episode but never been active. I really enjoy the show, the subject matter, the the banter, the sarcasm. It's all right up my alley. My previous favorite podcast is... Yeah, it's that bad. Just randomly shut down last year, and I always regretted that I never got active. You guys filled the void once they ended their show, and I thought you were done for the last few months, but I'm happy you're back as long as you stay back. Then he goes on, I guess this email will be a long one, but you guys were talking about comics that you read and comic comics listeners read, so here it goes. I'm more of a DC guy, but I'm branching out to some other stuff. I know DC has a bad rep lately, but I like Earth, too. Green Arrow, since Jeff Lemire and And, uh, Andrea uh, Sorrentino took over uh, on issue 17. I agree. That has been a great run since Jeff Lemire took over. I also agree. And Earth 2 has
5: been awesome, too. Earth 2 started off really rough, and then it really picked up. For me, it is the new DC
0: universe. That's the DC universe I care about, is Earth 2. Uh, Superman Unchained, which is the new Scott Snyder book, which I've really enjoyed that Very too. Very good, yes. Um, I thought that was going to be ongoing. It's just a mini.
5: Oh, really? Yeah. Damn it.
0: Uh, he says, <laughs> just picked up Batman Eternal number no. 1. and uh, That's the new weekly Batman. Lucky. And a pretty good four-issue book. And I'm enjoying the new Punisher run. Uh, I've read a little outside Marvel and DC, Walking Dead, and Ghosted. Why the Last Man, which that's a Brian K. Vaughn book. Very
5: good book, yes.
0: And and uh, some others. I know you guys focus more on TV and film, etc., but comics come up a lot. As far as movies, I really enjoyed Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And maybe I'm just a hopeless eternal optimist, but I'm pumped about The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Batman vs. Superman, and pretty much every comic-related property coming up. Hmm. That's awesome, and that's why he's listening to the show. That's we mostly what we talk We're about. We're excited, too, even though. But, he yeah. says, except... Days of Future Past. Oh, geez. I just think what's going on in the cinematic universe is is amazing, and I'm glad we're around to see it all. Being a DC guy, I hope Batman versus Superman kicks ass and proves everyone wrong. Sorry for the overly long email. Look for me to be active from here on out. I guess this was all months of listening and not writing. And he says, cheers, Cameron. Wow. And then I responded, and I thanked him, and I said, well, you know, he said how he mentioned, like, yeah, it's not that bad was the podcast that he used to listen to and that we were the replacement. I said, well, I'm glad that we're your rebound podcast. (laughs) And he goes, no, no, it's not even like that. It had been a long time and I had already moved on.
2: Oh, okay. And then
0: your podcast found me after I was in a good place. I've heard that many times. It's not true, dude. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He says, LOL, thanks, man. Looking forward to next week. So thank you, Cameron. I'm glad you're on board. That is awesome
5: totally awesome. I'm guilty of it too. I don't respond to podcasts that I listen to and yeah. doing one makes me, you know, more aware of that. It is good to hear from especially the unspoken listeners. Yeah,
0: it is. It's awesome. You know, uh,
5: we hear from a lot of people all the time and it's fucking awesome. It's amazing and we, you know, we we do this cuz we are a community almost. We all share kind of the same things in common
0: that we like these things. Yeah, we're not for everybody, but like no. the people that like are into the show, like we share a lot in common with them. Like it's so cool just like we get we get to talk to uh, awesome listeners like Andrew Peck, who just sent us a picture of his adorable daughter. Absolutely very with, cool. With the Easter egg that yeah. says PCL on it. Yeah. It
5: I like, I get a little teary eyed
0: Andrew about yeah.
5: that. So yeah, that was very very cool, man. Thank you for sending that. That was
0: awesome. Yeah. I just looked at this I go, I saw it on my phone. And I showed I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a adorable and I showed it to Jay and Jay's like oh my gosh like it's that's awesome yeah that's awesome thank you for like no seriously like he showed us a picture of his beautiful family like his beautiful daughter and like holding this easter egg it's just adorable I love it
5: and 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 that that again harkens back to we all have a lot in common we you know we get to be on the microphone but that you know that doesn't separate us from our listeners and that's what's really awesome is We always want to hear from you guys. It's, I would rather talk to you guys than a celebrity. I'd rather talk to you guys than Josh Whedon, dare I say. I'd rather hear what you guys, real life people have to say. And, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff. Like if I go to a comic shop, I'm looking for you guys. I want to talk to you guys. What are you reading? What are you looking at? What's that? You know?
0: Yeah. And that's what's cool about this whole situation. Brooke Smith, she's a listener. She sent me on Facebook, like this link to this hilarious video. Uh, and it was uh the uh golden girls intro the the theme music <laughs> yeah. the theme song and it was all with uh characters uh aging characters from uh dc it oh, was like shit. betty white was aquaman superman was blanche <laughs> 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 and uh you know estelle getty was uh uh, Estelle Getty was Robin, yeah, and then Batman was uh, B. Arthur. Of course, it was freaking hilarious. And like (laughs) they did the entire intro. Oh my god, I laughed so hard. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's not something that I admit to people, but yeah, I watched the Golden Girls. Oh yeah, I did too. (laughs) I did too. It was on. I was eating dinner, man. (laughs) So it was just awesome. Like uh, I would have never seen that. Had that. I I love this community that we have. You guys are awesome. So thank you so much. Uh, and thanks for hearing, you know, from a few of the unspoken listeners. I had a really good time reading your emails. Yeah, for sure. Um Sometimes we rate things on this podcast. And if this is your first time listening, we do have a unique rating system. And I will let Robin Leach here explain.
6: The rating system is
4: simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party.
0: All right. Um, we're going to start off the show here with our Good Pop, Bad Pop segment, OK? And uh, so if you've never listened uh, to uh, the show before, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about things uh, that we either watched or read the previous week that we liked or did not like it's time for more leftover reviews with good pop bad pop all right um i want to talk about a kickstarter project you know before it just seems like something's missing i really missed having jake here yeah yeah it, it kind of sucks we have an empty chair yeah here at the table where he used to sit right it it sucks, <laughs> yeah, it does suck, it's, you know, I mean, I miss his input, you know, and uh God, it is it's, but we're going to try to make this the best show possible, yeah. and I hope the army will stick with us w- uh, this week, and then next week Jake will be back with us, but yeah, it feels like there's definitely a void where where jake uh, you know used to be, and it it I don't know, it, it sucks
5: yeah we so, don't we don't want anything bad to happen to the guy, yeah, um, we want him back. For many episodes.
0: Absolutely. Like, first thing when I saw him when he came over here tonight and we t- got to talk to him, I gave him a big hug. And yeah. let him know that I'm here for him, so. Yep. <sighs> All right, guys. I want to talk about a Kickstarter uh, film project. It's called She Got Game. It's by Kylia Scott Grimes. It's a docu-series that explores video games from a woman's perspective. I th- I think this is pretty awesome. Uh, I know women that play video games, but not seriously. Mm-hmm. This is just me personally. Like, I know there are women out there that play them ser- seriously, that are serious gamers. But me personally, I don't know a lot of female gamers that are just serious about it. You know, like the women I know, they'll play Mario or the Wii, but they aren't playing Final Fantasy or Titanfall or anything like right, that. Right, right. Not to say that they aren't out there, okay? They certainly are. So that's why this is a fascinating project to me. I think women are sometimes treated poorly even in the geek community, which is sad to say. Yeah. Um, because I think the geek community is one of the best communities out there. Uh, they're accepting of so many different types of cultures and so many different types of lifestyles, but sometimes, sometimes not as accepting, unfortunately. The
5: old stereotypes bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, just because they go into a comic book store doesn't mean that they know less about the books than we do as guys. Um, just because they dress up in cosplay doesn't mean that they don't know anything about the character that they're portraying just so they can show off their costume. Right. Um, I hope that this documentary will shatter some of the misconceptions and stereotypes because I think the geek community is pretty awesome. And I think it would be cool for everyone to feel accepted. Yeah. Especially females in the geek community.
5: Yeah. I mean, some some of the best girls I've ever met have been into this stuff, you know, and even they – being as outspoken as they were, they they didn't talk about it. Like even though knowing that I was into that stuff, like games and comics and right. stuff, they didn't talk about it. Right until I was like, "Hey, do you want to check this out? Do you want to play this? Whatever." And then they'd be like, "Oh hell yeah, I want to
0: play that." We've had Gina on the show, yeah, and Gina, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have her back on. I mean, seriously, she could like talk any guy I know. Under, under the, the table, table when it when it comes to certain certain topics, totally. Doctor Who and uh, Naruto and things like that. Yeah. I mean, she would she's she's amazing, and and as far as like books and things like that, she's just a, she's got a plethora of knowledge. Yeah, and um, it shouldn't be discounted just because she's a woman, right? I mean, and and and. It, I can't even believe we're having this conversation in this day and age. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But, uh, that's why I contacted Kylia. Um, I sent her an email and told her that I wanted to talk about her project because I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And so I wanted to play a little bit of audio that, uh, from the Kickstarter page, uh, that she has for, uh, she got game.
3: My name is Kylie Scott Grimes. Let me tell you a little about myself. A perpetual asker of big questions, I work on both sides of the camera, trying to shed a little light and humor on the human experience. My interest in probing creative minds springs from living and working in Canada, the US, Europe, and Japan. I'm now working as a freelance videographer and visual artist. But hey, what about the women who want art, music, storytelling, and drama all in one? What about women with a passion for video games? I'm the host of She Got Game, a new documentary and YouTube channel devoted to celebrating the world of women who love, play, and develop video games. We're devoted to creating fun, compelling content all related to women and gaming. Now, if you're new to gaming, or don't consider yourself a seasoned geek, so to speak, Part of our mission at Game is to appeal not only to veteran gamers, but also to encourage new gamers to join in the fun. Because let's face it, when you're just starting out, it's hard enough to learn the controls, learning how to walk straight, let alone trying to prove your nerd cred at the same time. Take me for instance. I'm not exactly what you'd call a hardcore gamer. I can't tell you every last detail about the most obscure and cutting edge games appearing on Steam, But that doesn't take away from how much I truly love the games I've gotten to know so well. I never thought of myself as a gamer until it occurred to me that I spent a lot of time growing up playing computer games. I loved everything from King's Quest and Kurandia to games like Duke Nukem. I even tried my hand at Unreal Tournament. Of course, I have to mention Seventh Guest, the ultimate puzzle horror game which i spent many nights playing in my dad's study with the lights turned off the point is my friends no matter who you are or what your gaming background is you are entitled to love games it's as simple as that i think we spend far too much time comparing ourselves to other people focusing on the negative focusing on exclusion Our project features interviews, top 10 lists, how-tos, event coverage, parodies, music videos, and more. All related to women and gaming. In fact, if you're interested in becoming part of our project, you should give us a shout. She Got Game is a multiplayer adventure, which means the more players we've got on our team, the better our chances at winning with style. That reminds me an eye on our social media for the launch of our official documentary kickstarter with your enthusiasm and support she got game will take off big time thanks for geeking out much love to you all i'm kylea scott grimes host of she got game
0: thank you kylea um i came across this on kickstarter i just thought it was awesome because i mean seriously I mean, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions about women in gaming. And just like she was saying, like, she grew up playing a lot of these games for years and just realized, wow, she's a gamer. Yeah. And, uh, now she's totally immersed herself in this. I think that's a cool project. I think it'll, I think it's an eye-opener.
2: Yeah.
5: I mean oddly enough <clears throat> the person in my life that got me into video games was my mom. <laughs> my dad doesn't know how to connect the system. So it was never my dad. I mean it was always my mom and uh I think that's great. I mean like I said the the coolest girls that I've met, you know, they're into sci-fi, they're they're into video games. But still, you know, like I said, they don't, they don't come out and outwardly make that a statement. They don't talk about it. Well, the, sometimes they're worried about how it'll be perceived right.
0: by the male community. Yeah,
5: they, they definitely get ostracized for, you know, talking about that stuff, which is
0: totally ridiculous. We should all be able to like the same things Dude, regardless. I've got a buddy, uh, who married his best friend mm-hmm. and I mean, they're the best couple. Like, when they play World of Warcraft, they yeah. go out together. Right. And so, like, she doesn't have to, like, be off, like, in another room doing something, like, you know, looking at Etsy. I'll go night. to my
5: man cave. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: he's off in his man cave, yeah. and she's, like, you know, looking at Etsy. No, this – they are a progressive couple. They'll be on World of Warcraft together. Right. And they're, like, doing missions together. Yeah. And it's awesome. So I sent, uh, Kylie an email. I let her know, I let her know that we we're going to be talking about this on the podcast because I saw that the Kickstarter needed a little bit of help. And I wanted to talk to some of our listeners, and maybe you can go to the Kickstarter page. It's called She Got Game. And I sent her an email, and she wrote, With only about a week left of our campaign, I want our listeners to know that the ball is seriously rolling and the project's taking on a life of its own. Now that we've spent about five months interviewing gamers, competitors, and developers, things are about to get real as we dive more in depth. As my crew and I like to say, we're ditching the kitchen and grabbing the cameras and controllers. We want to uncover some of the stereotypes and misconceptions of female gamers by stepping in closer to their communities we plan to sink our teeth into the tough meat of being a noob by getting expert advice from veteran women gamers and finally we want to introduce the world to some kick-ass work women have been uh, kick-ass work women have been doing in game development we launched our kickstarter so we could get a lot of people's input on the shape of the project if you're interested we want your support we want your involvement. When I say every donated dollar makes this project possible, it's literally true. Don't be shy. Give us a shout out. So go to the Kickstarter. She got game. I think last time I checked, they had close to 6,000. They want, I think they want close to 10,000. Yeah. So, uh, I think there's five, four or five days left. Um, so what can you get? Okay, for $20, you get a standard digital download of the movie. For $25, you get it in HD. You also get a digital calendar with this and most of the backing levels. It'll feature all original game-related concept art and photography by women and supporters of SGG, but professional level art. Our Kickstarter back, uh, Kickstarter backers will get to vote on the illustrations and photos they want included. Now, for $30, you get the DVD of the documentary, and you get everything else that was listed before. And for $50, you get a Blu-ray. For $250, you get a thank you video from the makers of the film on YouTube with, of course, a copy of the Blu-ray and all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. For $500, if you're a game developer, they will feature your game in the end credits for 30 seconds, and you will be part of the special features on the Blu-ray. That's cool. Now, for $5,000, you get credit as an executive producer on the film. And if you're a game developer, you can feature your game for one to two minutes during the end credits.
5: That's awesome that they're you know doing that for the game developers. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Kylie, I also wanted to point out that they'll be adding some reward upgrades soon. For instance, if backers increase their pledge by twenty dollars, they can get a funky mug or iPhone case with their SGG logo or original game concept art. So, I w- I just wanted to bring this to everybody's attention. I know we have female listeners out there. I know we have a lot of male listeners out there, so support this.
5: Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, these guys, you know, when we do this stuff, these guys don't contact us. You know, we, we, you know, Brian will search this stuff out or myself or somebody else will look at this stuff, you know, and it's something that we stand behind. And, um, you know, I think it's important to really get that out there. You know, we see it in the movies, we see it in everything. It's still kind of a suppressed thing to, Bring in the female geeky, you know, role, like true, true to life. You know what I mean? And we have this misconception that girls aren't, you know, into that stuff or they don't understand it. It's total bullshit. There's, there's so many guys that are, you know, way misunderstood on that stuff than girls. So
0: yeah, this is like an eye opening experience for a lot of people. And so yeah, definitely get behind it. Uh, Kickstarter, she got game. Just do a search for it and support them. Jay, what do you what do you have for us for good um, pop, bad pop?
5: Well, you know, i i don't i don't watch i don't get to watch a lot of trailers and stuff. And um, i i was just kind of you know i had some time this week to kind of scroll through things, and um, i i didn't even know this was happening. But Josh Whedon um, has a film coming out called In Your Eyes. Um, the film stars Zoe Kazan, uh, Ruby Sparks, I believe is her real name, and Michael Stahl David. He was in Cloverfield. Oh, okay, <clears throat> um, and it's 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 a short trailer, um, and this is this is going to be kind of a uh, it's supposed to be kind of a thriller almost. But you know, Josh Whedon has such a good way of portraying characters. He has such a good eye on how characters work, and he he kind of um, you know all those movies that you love like uh, Breakfast Club, Stand by Me, um, all those things. Like he blends that so well into his modern take. Even in the Avengers, you see, that's why you like it. And, you know, everything he's been involved with, like Buffy, his character portrayals are something that you can relate to. Oh, Firefly. Firefly. Yeah. Those big movies or TV shows or where it's an ensemble cast, it reminds you of stuff like Stand By Me because he knows how, you know, people interact with each other. Um, so this, this is a film basically where you have, uh, you know, the, the, the trailer's very short, but they show these young kids, um, and it's, it's a group of boys and they're probably, uh, middle school, you know, just middle school age. And they're talking about how drunk they got. And, you know, they're obviously kind of delinquents and, uh, you know, drinking and whatnot. But what's, what's odd about this is there's a, there's a parallel story that's running with this with a girl that's kind of, uh, she's snow, snow sledding and this kid's in class, this delinquent kid. And, um, you know, they're talking about the grades and whatnot. And a lot of this reminded me of Stand By Me or even like a Christmas story. The, those, those boy characters, you know, and how they interacted and messed with each other. This is like a, you know, this isn't even five minute trailer. Right. And I'm getting all this character information from this five minute less trailer. And That's I was, the hook. I was totally blown away. Yeah. cuz i mean it's it's weird it's an odd story it's it's this kid okay there's this boy and there's this girl and they have this kind of psychic connection and it's very odd cuz something will happen to the girl and it will it'll affect the boy and i know that sounds like you know et i know and you think you've heard that before right. but when you see the trailer it's totally um the guy is like physically affected by what happens to this girl in a totally different part of the country huh and like I said, God dang, it, it was so well done, and it was less than five minutes, but it was funny. Uh, the character interaction was great. Um, everything about it—it's just check it out. It's in your eyes. Uh, you know, they don't—he's not talking too much about this. Like, like I said, I didn't know about this. I stumbled upon it. And how is um, this available? It's going to come out in the theaters. Theaters, yeah. theatrical
0: release. Yeah. I bet it's going to be limited though, right?
5: Not that I know of. I mean, as really? far as right now, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's odd. It's two different families. What's it called again? In Your Eyes. In Your Eyes. Two different families, two different circumstances, and there's obviously some kind of paranormal thing going on here. Huh. And, you know, Josh Whedon is so good with the sci-fi being super subtle. While keeping the character interaction at the forefront, that, he's good at relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, I, for me to say that when I watched the first couple seconds, that it reminded me of a Christmas story. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Christmas, mind right. you. But the character interaction was so on point. Yeah. In just this little trailer, that I want to see it. I don't really care about like you know the paranormal thing. You know, that's not the clincher for me. Right. It was so well done.
0: I'm going to have to check this yeah, out. Yeah, check
5: it out. I mean, it, it, it's, of course, on the web. Everybody can check it out. But, um, uh, you know, god dang, everything he does has been so spot on character-wise. And this was just another example of it. And it totally blew me away. It was just a short trailer. It blew me away as much as Godzilla's trailer has been blowing me away.
0: Wow. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So check that out. In your eyes. Josh Whedon. In your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, all right. My next good pop, bad pop. Definitely a good pop. This is awesome. Have you ever wanted to appear in a comic book? Yes. I know I have. and But it seems you either have to donate some crazy amount to someone's Kickstarter project to make that happen. Uh, but now you could find yourself in an, in the new comic books. Uh, it's called Spread, which I, that sounds like a porno. It kind of sounds gross. I've seen <laughs>
5: Kinda <of> sounds gross. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway. It's a new comic book. It's called Spread. It's written by Justin Jordan and uh art by Kyle Strom. Uh with, you can you can be in a comic book by only sending out a single tweet. What? Yeah. Now guys, I love Justin Jordan. Uh he did some awesome work on Shadow Man, and then for a while uh uh, he was actually, he did a mini series called Dead Body Road, which is really good. Shadow Man was fucking awesome. Shadow Man, yeah, he started off, him and, uh, Patrick Zercher did like the first, like, uh, few issues of Shadow Man. It fucking kicked ass. We need
5: to talk about Shadow Man yeah. some more.
0: Yeah. Well, they're talking about making a Shadow Man movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fucking awesome. So, um, yeah. So, uh, you, you've got Justin Jordan, Kyle Strom coming out with this new book from Image called Spread. Now, all you have to do is you have to post the cover image of spread number one, the new image comic book from Justin Jordan and Kyle Strom with the caption, it's spreading. It sounds, it's, it's, again. Yeah, again. <laughs> now, now it sounds like herpes. What is spreading? Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then tag <laughs> at Strom, which is a S-T-R-A-H-M, and at Justin underscore Jordan on Twitter, and you could be picked up the cameo as an extra in the comic and win some other cool spread gifts. Fucking shit. Still sounds dirty.
5: Yeah, I'm still feeling icky about this. All
0: right, this is pretty cool, though. You could be in a comic (laughs) book, but what's the comic about? Now, here's the story on spread. Ten years ago, humanity dug too deep and unleashed something ancient that couldn't be controlled, something that couldn't be stopped twisting everything it touched into more of itself, the spread. Humanity was nearly destroyed before finding a way to slow the spread to a crawl. Now, deep inside the quarantine zone, one man has found out what might be the key to stopping it forever, a baby girl, and if he can save her, he might save the world. The cover is this dude, like he's like doing like one of those like Zach Galifianakis Hangover hey, the baby's hanging on the front you know like yeah. Carlos and he's holding like a machete or some shit and he's got blood all over him Oh, man. and that's the cover of spread it looks
5: looks awesome that's very cool uh,
0: the spread number one hits comic book stores on July 9th, and it's available for three dollars and fifty cents so I'll be adding this to my pull list for yeah. sure and at Pop Culture Leftovers we already sent <laughs> our spread. It's spreading. We, I already tweeted it. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Gross. I, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're spreading the spread like herpes. I like that
5: story, though. I mean, it's, I, I like how it leaves kind of an open-ended, you know, question you yeah. know, about what what exactly this is going to lead to. Those are always the best stories.
0: Well, so. like, what a cool way to get the word out. Okay, you got a book called Spread, and yeah. they're trying to spread the word. Right. It's awesome how they're doing this. And then you can be in the comic book just by sending out this tweet. That's fucking awesome.
5: It's, it's kind of, I mean, they've done that stuff before, you know, little gimmicky things like you could win one in 1000 people, you know, but this is, this is very cool, you know, and I think they should probably do more of that. And
0: I want to thank Justin Jordan for writing some great comic books. Oh yeah, for sure. Thank you. Seriously, I love. And I think he did some great work on Green Lantern books as well. So he
5: definitely improved Green yeah. Lantern. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, Jay, what else you got, man? Um,
5: you know we we've been talking a lot about Godzilla, and I still want to talk a little bit more about Godzilla. Um, I recently watched the the newest. I think it was a UK international trailer, um, where they showed Godzilla over the skyline, just kind of fucking. You know, screaming into the air, roaring into the air, exactly like that, (laughs) exactly like that, and it was such a cool shot. I mean, I'm so I'm so overwhelmingly happy about what I've seen visually so far, and you know, we they uh, recently released a, a featurette from the director Gareth Edwards um and he was talking about you know what their take
0: on this of course uh he did the film Monster right was it just called Monster It was Monster yeah and it was very low budget right very low budget but it was a hit and and you can watch it on Netflix Yeah yeah and,
5: and it was kind of about you know a, a, wasn't it about just a behemoth but you didn't really see it Right and so this is kind of the total opposite where he's like all right you want to see the monster You know, and now
0: he's showing them. I think it's so cool that like uh, you've got Universal and uh, you know Legendary have teamed up now, and this this is their first movie together. And they're kind of doing like the Marvel Studios approach, where like they're going outside of the box and like taking some of like these lesser known. Like, uh, you know, directors and things like that and giving them a shot with, like, these big projects. Like we just saw with, like, Captain America, t- you know, the Winter Soldier, the Russo, Russo brothers, brothers yeah. who are known for doing, like, fucking, like, community, Arrested Development, yeah. you know, shit like that. And like here they are, they're taking this guy that did this Netflix movie that's this huge hit monster, yeah, right? And giving him Godzilla.
5: Yeah, yeah. What the hell?
0: What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's that's you know sometimes this uh, you can find beauty in chaos. It's fucking awesome. It, it, and that's exactly
5: like that's well put because it it is beautiful. Everything I've seen from this so far has been beautiful. And what really was reassuring was he came out in this feature at, um, you know, it was just Godzilla feature at Meet the Director, Gareth Edwards. Um, and he, he came out and said, basically we wanted to make a version of Godzilla where we took it really seriously. And he harkened back to the original 1954 version, which he said was very serious. And what, what a lot of people forget, including myself, is that Godzilla was an analogy for horrible things that we've done. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, dropping the atomic bombs. That was basically what this monster was, was about, was right. the monster that we created. Yeah. And what this film does that the last one didn't do was say that, yeah, we've created this monster, um, out of our actions, you know, as humanity as a whole. Now the, the last one tried to do that very generically. And this seems to be a very seriously Serious take, and he stated over and over again in this featurette that we wanted to take it very seriously, and he said we want to give you goosebumps every time you see something like Godzilla on the
0: screen. Forgive me. I don't know the name of the person that they've gotten a lot of direction from, but it's uh, one of the people that's very involved in the Japanese Godzilla he has been giving direction too in this you right. know, Godzilla project.
5: Right. He wanted to hearken back to the original. Yeah. They don't want to take away from that. And yeah. when you when you see the Godzilla, I mean you still kind of envision that guy in a suit. You still kind of see that. Right. But that's not what it's about. It's about why that story was told. And it was, uh, you know, in this, in this case, they're kind of trying to portray it as, you know, man's actions against nature and nature responding. Um, and, you know, I think that's a good thing too, but. I hope they bring that up in the movie. I hope, like, the human
0: characters realize, like,
5: oh wow, we did this. Yeah. And what, what the crazy part about this is and what makes it, I think, so brilliant, you know, with people like Brian Cranston is, you know, he, Gareth Edwards has also said, we want us to find the balance between the suspense, the drama and the action yeah and they haven't done that yet with any kind of film like this where it is you know a big monster movie you know cloverfield kind
0: of tried to do that i wasn't that impressed with cloverfield well you didn't have the high caliber actors in cloverfield no you know i mean it it was it was was a cool approach i mean i fucking okay i fucking love jj abrams and i love cloverfield right but yeah i mean it was a found footage film yeah which i thought was a cool approach to it but like the actors in that movie were not like high caliber actors
2: yeah
5: what's what's crazy is monster was kind of trying to play that route where yeah. it was kind of really low
0: key but with this it's like it's really in your face well shit you got okay yeah you've got fucking uh brian cranston yeah aaron taylor johnson and yeah. elizabeth olsen yeah i mean that's some pretty good actors yeah, right there
5: and when you see the trailers it's it's all high drama yeah. It's not necessarily like when you see the creature. Of course, you're like, "Holy fuck!"
0: You know that thing's big, but it's not about that. It's Are you going to see this on IMAX? Oh yeah, fucking a, dude. Hey, if you're going to go see this movie, you got an IMAX theater in your area. You got to go see an IMAX. It's, he's the biggest monster. You got to see him on IMAX.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it, to me, it's just like going to see Gravity. You know, yeah. it's an experience. You got to see it in 3D, and that's what he said too. He <laughs> said, "Pound for pound, I'm going to give you goosebumps." Every time, right? Every time you see him on the screen, yeah. so you got to see it in IMAX 3D. I've just got week after week. I'm more excited about this, and I didn't give a shit. Yeah, you know, I love Godzilla. I I think I've said it on this podcast. That was one of the first toys I ever had. Was a big fucking Godzilla. Yeah, you did. But I didn't care until I started seeing these trailers, and I'm very impressed. And I'm especially impressed with what he's come out and said about it, taking it seriously making a suspense, drama, and action, and visual effects, like just tying it all together perfectly. And I think he's he's probably the perfect guy to do it. Out of,
0: <laughs> Out of total left field. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I love it. I'm glad you brought that up because, like, I – okay, like, I knew that he was the director of this and I knew that. But, like, so much time has passed that I actually had forgotten. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah,
5: a lot of people don't – you know, there's a lot of people that haven't seen Monster and I suggest you go check it out because it is the total opposite of what he's going to do with this. And so you can kind of see where he's heading with it.
0: Yeah. I can't wait for Godzilla. We're going to cover it. We're going to have a Godzilla episode. It's probably going to suck. It's probably going (laughs) to blow. (laughs) 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 Just like X-Men. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you went there. Mm -hmm. All right, so back in 1983 uh, with Spielberg, uh, Steven Spielberg coming out with E.T., it was such a huge blockbuster that Atari purchased the rights to use the characters from the film in a video game, and it cost them $22 million to get the rights to fucking E.T. Yeah, good
5: game, huh? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> the movie was a huge success the video game not so much jay yeah no the game was made in five weeks oh, and it was a huge failure yeah now did you own did you ever own the et game i think i had it. i had it for the okay there was the atari 2600 yeah and then there was the atari 400 i had the atari 400 okay and the atari 400 okay <laughs> Atari 400 had a keyboard on it. Right. Which I never thought – like, you could buy a printer for this thing. And, yeah. Like, you could type and print and all this crap. Look at – Google the Atari 400. Almost the first personal home computer. Yeah. But the Atari 400 had better graphics. Yeah. Atari 400 also – I mind you, I grew up on this system. It was the only version of Space Invaders that did not have the blockades that you could get under. What? Yeah, I had when I played Space Invaders. There were no fucking, you know, like you had the two blockades yeah. that you could get. You under. gotta have the blockades. I didn't have no fucking blockades. <laughs> what? I was blockade less. I didn't have no fucking blockades. <laughs> wow, it was like me out in the open. That's why you were so good at Street Fighter. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. I will Chun the fuck out of somebody. You did,
5: yeah. I've seen but, it. But you
0: know, like. um, the Atari 400 is the one I had, so that's the, the game I remember, Yeah, and I had E.T. for the Atari 400. I actually own the Atari 400 version of the game. You had to run around, and I don't know if this is the 2600, so if, like, if somebody out there had the the E.T. for the 2600 and the gameplay is different, let me know. Yeah, But I had the 400. You had to run around and find pieces of that machine that E.T. used to phone home, and then when you found all the pieces, that's when you went to the next level. And you actually, you, then you played as ET and you had to get to the forest and get in the spaceship home. Now you're being chased by guys the whole time, yeah. like, you know, trying to chase down ET and stuff like that. Uh, it, t- the, the game literally, Jay, it took all of 10 minutes to beat. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Double Dragon. It was, <laughs> it was the first game I ever played though that talked.
5: Oh, yeah. Well, I remember that. Yeah. I remember
0: that. Yeah. After you win the first level of the game, you hear E.T. say, E.T. phone home. And you're like, e. that's e. awesome. I was, like, blown away. Yeah. It's like, I had never heard a game talk before unless I was at uh uh Showbiz Pizza right. and I was playing Dragon's Lair.
5: Oh, yeah. Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. That was
0: a cool that game. Was a fucking Laserdisc game. You know, I own Dragon's Lair and Space Ace on DVD and I can play them on my tv right now yeah dude i fucking own that not (laughs) jay's like jay's like looking over to this tv and shit no at my house that'd be so cool (laughs) i have i have dragons 1 dragons 2 and space ace on DVD, wow. you pop them in, and you can play them on your uh, fucking DVD remote. That's fantastic, man. I'll bring that shit over. I so would much. go to the arcade just to play Dragon. Fucking A, yeah. dude. It blew me away. It blew me away because <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> a beautiful game. Yeah, sure, you're just mashing a fucking button. Right. It's all like memorization and shit, but yeah. it looked beautiful. Yeah. The fucking Don Bluth art. I'll attack the dragon. Fucking A, I'll take the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I died. <laughs> all right, so this game... All right, Atari's banking on this game to be fucking huge. Yeah. They're banking on it, you know. ET was a huge movie success. Of course. I mean, it was like wasn't it like the top-selling movie at the time? Oh yeah. Like before like Jurassic Park and all this stuff and Titanic. Yeah, it was one of the top. And Star Wars was yeah. up there. Yep. So it sold right under 2 million units. But apparently millions of the game that weren't sold uh Atari anticipated that the, the success of the movie, that this movie would just – that this game would just sell like crazy, and it didn't. Because <laughs> it Because so, it sucks <laughs> Well, they, they just threw it out five weeks to
5: make this game? Yeah. Total money grab.
0: Yeah, total yeah. money grab. They're just banking on the name. So according to multiple reports, Atari buried those copies – in a landfill, the copies that didn't sell, they buried the copies in a landfill in Alamogorodo, New Mexico. Do you want me to pronounce that? Yeah, <laughs> I want you to jay the shit out. Oh my goodness, it's uh, let me do it. Alamogordo, New okay. Mexico. That's right. Okay, a nineteen eighty three article in the New York Times confirmed Atari games were disposed of but there were no mentions of which titles. Quote, The company has dumped 14 truckloads of discarded game cartridges and other computer equipment at the city landfill in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Guards kept reporters and spectators away from the area yesterday as workers poured concrete over the dumped merchandise. You motherfuckers! Are you serious? (laughs) Well, the game wasn't going to sell anyway. I know, but I still want it. (laughs) Especially now. An Atari spokesman said that equipment came from Atari's plant in El Paso, Texas, which used to make video game cartridges, but has now been converted to a recycling scrap. Okay, now, 31 years later, Fuel Entertainment... Xbox Entertainment Studios. So remember, like we talked, uh, there's the Xbox Live programming.
5: Yeah.
0: That they're talking about. This is the exclusive. first. Exclusive. Yeah. The yeah. Xbox exclusive. This is the first one that they announced. This. This. Uh, there's a series about this, and that they, they got uh, the Halo coming out later. Yeah. yeah. But this. Okay. Xbox Entertainment Studios and Lightbox Entertainment have given permission to excavate the Alamogordo landfill. This is going to be a this dig is going to be part of an upcoming documentary series from Xbox Entertainment Studios. Thursday morning, Xbox announced on its blog that it will dig up the location in New Mexico. Oh wow. To see what they buried by by Atari. So yeah, like I said this dig is going to be part of a documentary series from Xbox Entertainment. Wow, cool, cool. So this was announced months ago, the documentary. But like now, they, it's official; it's happening. So Microsoft is welcoming spectators to come to the dig site that will that will take place Sunday, April twenty sixth. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's always Sunday. It's always Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, April twenty sixth, from nine thirty a.m. to seven thirty p.m. I'm going to give our listeners the address if they want to go. If we have any listeners in New Mexico, they want to go check this out. Send us pics, please. Definitely. Uh, the Alamogordo landfill is at 4276 Highway 54 South in Alamogordo, New Mexico. If you need to punch in the zip code and do GPS, it's 88310. It's near First Street and White Sands Boulevard. So if you are in the New Mexico area and you want to be a part of the documentary series, then you should head out there. Then send us an email and some pics about your experience while you're out there.
5: Yeah. what well, can I ask you, why haven't they remade Zaxxon?
0: Yeah, why haven't they? That
5: game was so fun. Right. That was Atari, wasn't it? That was, I believe so.
0: It made an Atari system. I don't know if it was made by Atari. That was such a cool game, and they've never remade it. If anyone- Have they ever made, what about Joust. Yeah, Joust. Why can't you remake Joust? I haven't
5: remade Joust. I used to play that all the time. I haven't seen the Centipede remake. No? Yep, Centipede was another They've one. remade the fuck out of Pac-Man and Frogger and everything else. You can create a whole universe over stuff like that. Galaga, Zaxxon, all that stuff. The amazing
0: thing is, though, next week we're going to get like an email that'll say, yeah, they remade Zaxxon. Like, our listeners yeah. are so smart. Yeah. Like they correct us on shit all the time. Half the things we report are bullshit anyway. very humble. Yeah. <laughs> very stupid. <laughs> but like this is like this is like uh the geeks version of like uh Geraldo Rivera opening up Falcon Al Capone's uh You don't know vault. what's down there. We don't know what's down there. I
5: want I want to know for sure. I can't afford it.
0: Right. <laughs>
5: but I want to know what's down there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it.
0: I, when they open it up it'll probably just i wonder if it'll be just a bunch of fucking et video games i
5: mean just to look at a, a game cartridge an old atari game cartridge yeah. it's i can it's better than porn you know obviously i go to
0: <laughs> every once in a while i'll go to like like an old thrift store and check out like the old you know you can smell them you Yeah, just pick them up and sniff <laughs> them <laughs> It smells like somebody hit this a couple times. Kind of jammed it in the system. I'm, dude, I miss my old Atari 400. I uh, actually like my dad used to play the Atari 400 with us. Like yeah. I remember growing up as a kid like uh, back when my parents were like younger and cool and stuff. They uh, used to have, like, pizza parties and, like, have friends over and everybody would play Pac-Man. Like, yeah. everybody would pick up the controller and we'd pass the controller and play Pac-Man. And just, like, back then, like, watching my dad play Pac-Man and taking it to, like, the insane fast levels. Because I couldn't do it. I was young and I, I wasn't that skilled, you know, yet with hand-eye coordination. And, like, just watching my dad take it up to these crazy insane levels. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just eat – have – pizza and and drink pepsi all night and yep. i'd watch my family play uh pac-man and it was just, those are good times man yeah games are simple and it was fun and it's just awesome i i i actually tried to buy um an old atari 400 because we sold the system at like a garage sale years ago mm-hmm. i tried to buy an old atari 400 system for my dad for christmas a few years ago and i got it in the mail and and when I opened the box, they did not pack it with like the peanuts and bubble yeah. wrap and stuff like that, and it was broken. So I had to contact the seller and be like, uh, "I'm sorry, the system got busted during shipping. I had to send it back." Those mailmen—they <laughs> mm. <laughs> they like to fuck shit yeah, up. They just, they <laughs> threw it on Atari. The pole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> but you're you're right. Like you know, games these days. Like I, I'm still a gamer. I play a lot of games, but games these days. I think the whole ADD thing comes from, for me, like I can't stick with something because it's not simple. I want that simplicity where it's like simple fun. I I don't want to have to do a million things or solve a bunch of fucking puzzles. I just want to play a fun game and you don't have that anymore. And I was the same way. I grew up with that with my parents and, you know, Pong. I remember playing Pong. Yeah. You know, my my dad had
0: the old, uh, the, 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 the Pong, the portable, like the mini version. Yeah. And uh, we, it was down in the basement, and, like, we put batteries in it, and it still worked. And it was the and coolest thing ever. It was fun. Yeah,
5: it was just a stupid ball moving across the screen. Exactly. But it, for some reason, it's a lot more fun to do that stuff. Like, you know, the more I play games, the more I go back to my old games. The more I play, like, Super Smash Brothers or Donkey Kong, the more I want that, you know, just – it, fun. It's fun. People call it stupid and simple, but for me, it's just fun.
0: Yeah, do you remember the first time you played Mario 64, though?
5: Oh, yeah. yeah. It blew me away. Me too. I was like, the graphics are amazing. Yeah. And Zelda and all that stuff. and Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal
0: Kombat 2.
5: Yeah. Where it was like live action and yeah. the graphics. Mortal Kombat was one of those games where Fucking it just...
0: Fucking Tekken 2. When yeah. that shit came out, dude. Up
5: the ante. Yeah. And, and it was... But again, those those fighting games are just simple fighting games. Yeah. But for some reason, like, they upped the ante. The graphics were better. There was something about it that got you more involved, and it It was a very simple thing, but... Games these days are just, you know, there's so much going on where it's like, God, I've got to invest, like, months into it
0: this Well, like, yeah, dude, totally. And, like, uh it's like a cinematic event, too, watching them sometimes. It is so like, like a movie. Yeah. yeah, it's totally like a movie. And yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But right. But I don't know. Just, I guess it's nostalgia for us. Because, yeah. like, fuck, dude. I remember, like, just the old school, like, you know, it's all 2D. Everything's flat and shit. Yeah. And I loved it.
5: Yeah. Side scroller, front scroller. Yeah. You know fucking contra we'd go to the arcade and drop but dollars even,
0: i remember even when i was playing my atari 400 and the nintendo system was out i was like man i can't wait to play double dragon on yeah. nintendo yeah
5: double dragon up the ante and then we got sega and we had altered beast altered that came beast, with it yeah which was awesome still an awesome game they've never remade that game uh, altered beast was yeah. awesome yeah i i remember just like Flipping out over altered
0: base, <laughs> dude. The Sega Saturn should have been so much bigger than it was because, like, that system was pretty fucking awesome.
5: Yeah, they just they didn't have any push. I think Nintendo was still big at the time. Yeah, and, you know, but yeah, I mean, my whole life, like, you know, like we talked about earlier with girls and gaming, you know that that was a big part of my life is is gaming. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like benefited me in any sort of way. Strider,
0: Strider. They, Strider, even the Nintendo version, and then when they came out with that insane fucking Gen- Genesis. Sega Genesis Strider yeah. was fucking yeah. badass.
5: Yeah, they just remade that for, I think, PlayStation 4. God. Fun. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden, yep. I, I bought those, two for my PlayStation 3. Hardest game ever.
0: Hard. They purposely made it hard. But. If any of our listeners don't know about Angry Video Game Nerd, yeah. check him out. Just go to. I think you probably just go to nerd dot com. Yeah, and he does like a lot of like throwing his controllers, oops, throw, <laughs> well, <laughs> and then he rants about games that are just bullshit. Yeah, you know? but it's so funny, dude. The dude is so fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Just, there's a lot of fucking retarded
5: games. <laughs> there's a lot of games that purposely will probably make you dumb if you continue to play them. Yeah, but there's still good games out there, and uh, you know, it's it's very cool to like think about where it all started, like. You know, a lot of like, a lot of people growing up these days don't know anything about Pong. You know, yeah. Pong. We talk about Pong like it was some kind of cool event.
0: It was a fucking cool event, dude. Let's okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Let's go back, dude. Yeah, me and you because like we've, well, okay, we okay we've been around. We okay we've been around for a while.
6: Yeah, All right. <laughs> a couple of years. So remember
0: the systems, dude. Yeah. Dude, okay. Here we go. What? Okay, Atari twenty six hundred. Yeah. Okay. In television. In television, yeah. Commodore sixty
5: four. Yeah, Commodore. Yeah.
0: All right, so we got uh, Atari 400, Atari 2600.
5: Basically different controllers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. Sega Genesis. Yeah. Mind blowing, mind blowing. TurboGrafx 16. I had the TurboGrafx so
5: Express.
0: I remember you had the Express. <laughs> yeah. See, people don't. Bonks know. Adventure. Bonks Adventure. <laughs> yeah. Splatterhouse, motherfucker. Splatterhouse. Yeah.
5: Oh, fuck. Splatterhouse and Bonks Adventure. Yeah. Those games are awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was all they had. That's all they had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, shit, dude. Uh, Jaguar. Jaguar. The Lynx. The Jaguar. The handheld Lynx. Yeah.
5: I didn't have the Jaguar. I was so jealous of people that had the Jaguar.
0: Neo. Yeah. Geo. The Neo Geo. Remember that thing? 600 bucks. Lasted about a week. Gosh. Had
5: yeah. <laughs> zero games. You could
0: play it at the arcade, though. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. You well, could, yeah, me and you used to go to the arcades all the time. We used to play
0: the Neo Geo system yeah. at the arcade. I used to fucking skip school just to go to the arcade. Me and Jay, yeah. People don't know. We've known each other since we were seven years old. Yeah. So about almost 30 years now. Yeah, lots of gaming. Lots of gaming. <laughs> shit. Hey, we're going to take a break. We talked about, I don't God, we just bullshit there that last five minutes. We
5: totally bullshitted you guys. Yeah. I'm totally sorry.
0: No, we, <laughs> just, we just shot the shit there. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with our news segment.
5: Nude segment
0: (laughs) We'll be back and we'll be naked
5: Thank you for listening
6: And the horses have reached the starting gate for the race of the season. It's the podcast derby and the first to enter Lord of the Hooves and strutting into his post is Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse, Horse, followed by Dharma's initiative and may the horse be with you. Just waiting on uh, Hogwarts Express right now. She's slipping in nicely and last to come in pop culture leftovers who seems a bit restless, uh, settling down now and in he goes and they're all ready. And they're off and running. Hogwarts Express leads them out as Pace Setter, Lord of the Hooves, sits in behind and May the Horse be with you. One out, one back in third. Beetlehorse, 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 back on the rail in fourth with Pop Culture Leftovers sitting comfortably just in front of Darma's Initiative who's right at the back of the field. As they head around the first turn, it's Lord of the Hooves now taking the lead from Hogwarts Express. Beetlehorse, 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 Beetlehorse now moving up into third with May the Horse be with you starting to look for a gap at Deneuve Vale just yet. Pop culture leftovers, still happy to sit back off the pace, and Dharma's initiative just doesn't look like he's up to it, continues to bring up the rear. Hey, starting to pick up now as they round the final turn. Lord of the Hooves still leads from Hogwarts Express. May the horse be with you. Now making a move around the outside, moving at a third in front of Beetle Horse. Beetle Horse. Beetle Horse. Pop Culture Leftovers and Dharma's initiative now eight links from the lead. They're four hundred out now as they come down the straight. On, oh, here comes Pop Culture Leftovers. Five wider, moving up quick. Lord of the Hooves still has a nose in front of Hogwarts Express with May the horse be with you. Also finding something now. Pop Culture. Leftovers still coming and joins the leaders you can forget about the rest they are right across the track gonna come down to a bob of the head lord of the hooves hogwarts express may the horse be with you and pop culture leftovers lord of the hooves hogwarts express may the horse be with you and pop culture leftovers as they hit the line it's pop culture leftovers pop culture leftovers time the run perfectly he's won it of for second and third, but looks to be Lord of the who by a short half head for second, just in front of May the Horse Be With You. Hogwarts Express is fourth, then two links back to Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse, Beetle Horse. Beetle Horse. And it's Dharma's initiative, drop back to the tail of the field, stone motherless last this afternoon in the podcast Debbie.
0: All right, hey, welcome back. All right, we're going to start our news segment. Um, I just wanted <laughs> to point out that uh Marvel Universe Live, we talked about that on a previous episode months ago. Yes. That's uh, where Marvel uh, is going to be traveling from state to state, kind of doing like a live performance with different members of the Marvels, uh, like you know Iron Man and Captain America and all that. And they're going to be performing in front of live audiences, doing kind of like a uh, like a show in front of everybody, kind of like you know like kind of like circus the uh, what Cirque du Soleil, Cirque du Soleil, yeah. you know traveling or like Blue Man Group. They're traveling, you know, from town to town. Like this is Marvel Live, kind of like you know um, the Ice Capades or something like that, traveling from. Town to town.
5: Transformers on ice. Transformers <laughs> on
0: ice. Uh, Marvel Universe live tickets. They're on sale now. So if you head out to Ticketmaster, uh, you can see when the shows are available and if they're in your area. Now, there's one in Indianapolis. They also got them up in Chicago. Uh, there's one in Indianapolis on my birthday on January 3rd. So I might get tickets cool, to cool. see that. Um, so if you're in that area and you want to meet up with me and, and meet up before the event and hang out and get to meet me and, uh, maybe I can like, you know, maybe you and Jake can come along and uh, watch the event together and meet up with some leftover army.
5: Dude, that'd be great. I mean, what, what is this going to be like? What is the description of? you know, what the show is going to be about.
0: Uh, you know, I think it's – I, I know that they've got, uh you know, you've got like Iron Man and like I think he, they even mentioned like Captain Marvel and, uh, you know, some members of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's going to be a performance. So it'll be kind of like – have you ever gone to like – uh um medieval times where they do oh, yeah. like a show yeah i'm sure it'll be like you know like the heroes come out and then boom like there's this like huge cloud of smoke and there's doctor doom or that something might be like that cool. yeah that would be very yeah. cool <laughs> so uh definitely check that out go on to Ticketmaster, just do a search for marvel universe live and you can see if they're coming to a city near you and it's all over i saw tons of locations where they're going
5: i didn't think this would actually go off the ground you know i thought this was kind of something they threw out there trying to get fan response and you know we talked about a long time ago but
0: yeah that's pretty cool yeah Yeah. there was this and then there was the marvel experience yeah the experience is something completely different that was almost like a a total like 3d almost yeah like you're walking into a marvel carnival right right yeah you get to like experience like what it would be like to be like fly around like iron man yeah know like what it would be like to like swing through the city as spider-man stuff yeah. like that it's totally different but th- this is marvel universe live so it's more of like a sit-down event we just get to sit down and watch a show and shit that'd be fun yeah it would be fun yeah that'd be great that would be fun uh, i you know like uh spider-man uh the uh what is it turn off the uh, spider-man in the dark or turn off the lights or right whatever the fuck that was called yeah like the, broadway. Whole, the broadway broadway yeah. thing yeah
5: <laughs> where people got hurt
0: every it was time. taken off broadway yeah. yeah people were getting hurt <laughs> yeah it was expensive too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it didn't do too well, and uh, people broke a lot of bones. Well, and they strayed a lot, I think, from like the source material. I heard there was some weird shit going on uh, in that. I'm thing. sure they didn't care. <laughs> um, THR reports that Fox will be adapting Mark Millar's comic book miniseries Superior in a film, and Matthew Vaughn will be producing. Wow uh, Superior It follows a 12 year old boy Whose popularity in life Deteriorates After he's diagnosed uh, Diagnosed with MS Multiple sclerosis Yeah uh, He's visited By an alien monkey Who grants him one wish He wishes to become Like his favorite superhero A Superman-like character Called Superior And his wish comes true but sometimes you need to be careful what you wish for, and he realizes that there's a steep price for being the superhero of his dreams, and the price is his soul. Mm. So that sounds pretty awesome. Damn.
5: That pretty much nails it on the head. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's no director, there's no writer attached, there's no release date as of yet, but uh, that's pretty fucking cool. I like Mark Millar. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and Vaughn, but you know, yeah. I, I've
5: often thought about this story um, – Kind of similar, but you know, somebody you know, and anyone can steal this, I don't care. I'm not a fucking I don't have any talent in writing or drawing, but you know, just taking a character that's like really into superheroes, like somebody that's really into Batman. Right. Per se, like, you know, some poor kid that really wants to do the right thing and he's really into Batman. Well what if he really actually did that? And I think this is the kind of the same story, you know, what if what if I became a superhero? For all my faults and all my weaknesses, what if I became a superhero? Those are the kind of stories that really interest me. And that sounds awesome. M- Millar, Vaughn are great in telling those kind of stories. And- you
0: need to read a book then, Jay. I, I have it. It's a mini series and it may come back um, in, in another part, but it's called Hero Worship. Mm-hmm. And it's from Avatar Press, which you didn't. If you didn't know, Avatar Press is actually out of Rantoul, Illinois, which is oh. right, yeah, right yeah, next yeah. to Champagne. Okay, yeah, uh, but it's called Hero Worship. Yeah, and it's about a kid who like is obsessed with this um, superhero, and his name's Zenith, mm-hmm. and he's obsessed with Zenith, and so like. If anytime like Zenith is like in the news, like this kid gets in his car and goes there and tries to record like Zenith on his phone or like if there's a Zenith sighting, he's like checking Twitter and he's like all about Zenith. Like Zenith is like Superman. And so like eventually like one day he gets like, he starts feeling really sick and shit. And then all of a sudden he realizes like he can fly and he has these powers. And, um, it's really cool like um he finds out that uh he didn't get these powers naturally he was chosen. Right. He's been being watched. Right. And it's a really cool mini series <laughs> called Hero Worship.
5: Dude that that's so funny cuz you know one one of the things that appeals to me about comics is like I question myself like why am I why am I so into these stories you know why do I care? Uh, I, I'm 35 years old. Why do I give a shit about Spider-Man anymore? Right. But it is those stories that really, um and you think about that, like as a sci-fi fan, I think about that stuff. What if I'm all just being conditioned, to, you know, to, right. to, to be one of these guys? <laughs> yeah. Because I am so fucking into this. I've got Batman shit all over the house. Yeah, you do. And, you know, I've been told like, look, you've got to lay off the Batman. Stuff. Right. But at the same time, like, I wake up in the morning and for me, it's like one of the first thoughts is Batman. Yep. That's what I think about. And, and, and it's so important. I think it's a, it's a good story. And I think those kind of stories are really awesome. Taking a realistic approach and taking somebody out of real life and saying like, yeah, you've been conditioned. Right. You've been conditioned. There's a reason why you like these stories. Yeah. And, and it is, it does play to the realistic human element that we do. We respond to these stories. These stories are still around from the fucking dark ages, Mm -hmm. because basically superhero stories are mythological stories. Hercules, Hercules, same stuff we learned from the Bible. You had Samson, same stuff. Yeah, same stuff we've always carried with us. And I love those stories where somebody, you know, gets taken out of the real world, and then all of a sudden they are that hero that they, you know, that they wanted to be. Right. Awesome. That's great. MLR is so good at it.
0: Yeah, so it's uh called Superior. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. And yeah, Matthew Vaughn is going to be producing.
5: Yeah. Yeah. X Men first class. X Men first class. Was fantastic. Kick ass was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Really good choices
0: for those real life kind of superheroes. I think situations. he's actually producing the new Fantastic Four movie as well. Is he really? Yeah, behind Josh Trank directing. Yeah. That's
5: odd. Yeah. That's odd. Yep. Did you did you also hear that they're not going to <clears throat> they're not going to mix the Fantastic Four and X-Men universe. They aren't. There
0: will be no crossover. Hmm. I think that's actually I'm I that's fine with me. Yeah. It, like those I don't know, those characters don't really mix that well. They never they, they've really... done it in the comics, but it's not been Right. anything that I've really cared for. No, yeah. I'd rather see like fucking like x-men at avengers or avengers and fantastic four than i ever would like x-men fantastic four
5: yeah well speaking of crossovers the amazing spider-man 2 i'm sure you you saw this yeah there's going to be an x-men uh clip at the end of you know the post credit scene just like avengers have done and you know you've seen that with nick fury in the in the solo uh marvel movies is that confirmed it is confirmed, but it's not a crossover. It's only going to be a, a scene from the new X-Men movie. It has nothing to do with Spider-Man. There is no crossover between the universes. They're just going to show it huh. at the end of Spider-Man. And Are you serious? Yeah. And, and, and <clears throat> the directors of Spider-Man have come out and said, and, and even, uh, Fantastic Four, uh, well, no, this was just Spider-Man. This was just, I'm sorry, just Spider-Man. They said, You know, when we run out of ideas, yeah, I read that. Then maybe we'll think about doing more crossover. But so they're just doing this to promote X Men. It has nothing to do with Spider Man. So why the fuck even throw it in there and make people wait through the credits to see that
0: shit? I'm still in like a state of disbelief.
5: Yeah, it's true.
0: Like I remember seeing this and thinking like this is like one of those April Fool's Day jokes. Kind of like it's
5: not. (laughs) It's not. This was this week. Yeah. And it's totally stupid. Like, I, I, you know, I've seen plenty of X-Men trailers. Right. I do not need to see any more X-Men trailers at this point. <laughs> They're
0: going to show an X-Men trailer at the end of fucking Spider-Man 2. Yeah.
5: Why? Why? What's the point?
0: That is ridiculous. I, yeah, I
5: don't get it. But, yeah, I don't know. That was just one of the things I read this week, and I was just kind of like, eh. That is fucked up. Yeah.
0: What, uh, what do you got for us, man?
5: Well, you know, one of the things that I was really uh, kind of caught off guard by, I didn't know about this, um, you know, I've been reading Batman 66, you've been reading Batman 66. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know Ke- Kevin Smith was going to be involved in any way, shape, or form. Oh, wow. Um, a digital-only comic coming out, Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet, uh, number one, that's coming out on uh, 6-4. Digital only. Kevin Smith is writing? Kevin Smith.
0: Coming uh, back to it, comics. Okay, is it the same? Okay, are they going to keep, like, Allred doing the covers? and Alex Ross is... Or, no, yeah, Allred's doing the covers. Sorry. Okay. Alex Ross is doing something else. Okay. <laughs> it's still Allred. Okay. Beautiful fucking cover. Oh, yeah. He does every cover for the Batman 66.
5: Issue number two covers, you can look at it online, but it's got the Green Hornet, Kato, Batman Robin on top of a train... I mean, I don't know how he does it, but it's so fucking action-packed. It's just one page. It's just one panel. Wow. Where they're on a train and, you know, you've got Batman stuck in the glue gun, you know, because Green Horton's got the glue gun. Right. He's got his feet glued in the glue gun and Robin's feet's glued in the glue gun. And I, I had no idea about this series. It's going to be a digital-only, <laughs> at least for right now. Um Kevin Smith, of course, is uh writing it. Um, and Ralph Garman, I don't know
0: who I do. Ralph Garman is hilarious. Have you ever, if you've ever seen the reality show, it's called the Joe Schmo show. I know about it. I haven't seen it. It's on spike network. He plays like the, when they have like these reality shows, Ralph Garman plays the host on those shows. Okay. The last show that they had was like a parody of like dog, the bounty hunter where like people would come in and they would like vie to be like the next bounty hunter so like they would do these bounty hunter challenges and ralph garman played like the dog the bounty hunter type character ralph garman is fucking hilarious and that's that's actually like kevin smith they're talking about uh fucking having kevin smith be a host of an amc tv show and ralph garman is going to be like his ed mcmahon like his sidekick like his fucking like uh andy uh what's his name Andy Richter, Andy Richter, yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Ralph Garman would be like his Andy Richter, so that's cool.
5: Yeah, I, I didn't know who he was, but yeah, they're they're teaming up on this, and uh, I, I mean, it. it I, I'm getting conflicting stories. Some of it says it's coming out in May, um, and then this says it's going to go on sale in you know six four. Um,
0: well, it might come out digitally in May, and then come out in print in July. Gel- yeah, June. you're
5: probably right about that. Um, but you know Kevin Smith's real. Kevin Smith is very excited about this. Batman sixty six has been awesome. You know, of course, for those people that don't know, it's a take on the Adam West yeah Batman series. Um, any of us who grew up with the Adam West Batman series know about the Green Hornet. Yeah, you know, we we all grew up on those
0: same stories. So right now, Mark Wade's writing the Green Hornet. <clears throat> Green Hornet's been awesome and with Mark been, Wade. Yeah, he's you been know. doing a good job.
5: That whole series has been good. Uh, but yeah I've just i just I had no idea I just read this today, and uh I think people should
0: check it out. I'm gonna check it out, so yeah, um, let's see here. I wanted to talk about like a few weeks ago I talked about chadwick Bozeman um talking when they were talking about Chadwick Bozeman playing the uh Black Panther, yeah, he was actually uh asked about those Black Panther rumors. Uh, about playing uh, Black Panther in a future Marvel movie. And so I wanted to play that clip.
1: We'll all be excited about that last question. Is there any truth to the Black Panther rules? I don't know
0: anything. I don't. There's a rumor, yeah. <laughs> we'll take it for there. Thank you, brother. Good luck on everything. <laughs> all right. Okay. What can we take from that? It wasn't a lot. But he didn't say yes. But he didn't deny it either and say no. Yeah. I kind of took it as a yes. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. kinda like, um he could have said like anytime you like read anything, they're like, Oh, okay, yeah, no, I've had no talks, I'm saying no. Yeah. But then you have Benedict Cumberbatch, which we'll talk about later. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who knows? Black Panther could be Chadwick Bozeman. It could not be. We don't know. All right. Uh, it looks like we're getting closer to ABC pulling the trigger on an Agent Carter TV series. Uh, Deadline has reported that it could be out in the winter right after S.H.I.E.L.D. wraps up. Captain America writers Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely would be involved in this show, and they anticipate a 13-episode season. McFeely talked about it. He said, 13 episodes is how this is envisioned, maybe even less. That's my hope, is that it would be something like Under the Dome. Our case would be that it would be a limited series, and you would wrap up that one bad guy and that one case. And then if you like it, we'll do it again next year, and it's 1947. Hmm. Um, McFeely and Marcus would not be the showrunners, though. This has me excited. Reaper creators Tara Butters and Michelle Fazekas would be the showrunners if the show lifts off the ground. Wow! Now, hopefully, it won't uh, crash and burn like a carrier. But right, I <laughs> multiple. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm a huge fan of the show Reaper. It only lasted two seasons, but the show is fucking hilarious. Oh my god, tired of the bean. Um, who else was in that show? What's his name? I can't, why can't I think of his name? Uh, His last name's Harris or something, Harrison or something. God damn it. I can't remember his name, but I loved Reaper when it was on TV. Reaper was so good. You've talked about it. I love Reaper. More than
5: any show probably.
0: (laughs) Well, after it got canceled, like they almost came out with a Reaper comic book. Uh, Kevin Smith actually directed the first episode of Reaper. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Reaper was about um a uh the Satan Satan had basically made a deal with uh, a couple that their firstborn child would be um a bounty hunter for him uh-huh. and collect souls for him. And so they agreed not to have children and well what happened was like they ended up uh I think she was like on uh she was on, she thought she was on birth control, but yeah. Satan had de- done a deal with like her like uh, physician or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and so like the pills that he gave her were like sugar pills or something like that. So she, they ended up having a baby, right. And so like, um, yeah, he became like a uh, a bounty hunter for Satan, and every week, and it was Ray Wise that was that was Satan. He was so fucking. Oh, that's at cool. Playing Satan, shit, and every week he would give them uh, a different item to uh, capture this escaped soul from hell. Uh-huh. And it had humor. It had action. Great character interaction! Oh my god, I love this show. It's like pushing daisies with it was. It really was. It was <laughs> a lot like that. <laughs> it was so much fun. But Reaper was awesome. So if we can get the same kind of feel, like uh, from these Reaper creators in an Agent Thirteen show, where you have a lot. Of, it's it's fun, but at the same time, you get uh, you're uh, enveloped in this Marvel universe. I yeah. would love that.
5: Yeah, I mean they have to kind of pull off all the stops cuz Asian 13's kind of a Yeah. Why do you care about it? It's right. got to have a good story. Yeah. Cuz it is a cool character. Very cool. You know, she has a lot of history in the Marvel universe. So, I'm excited for that. Very cool. Yeah. What else you got, man? Um, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about since, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time being kind of ho-hum about Batman, Superman. And um I think Zack Snyder kind of Put out some reassuring, uh, words this week, at least for me, you know, maybe not for everybody else. I'm still not a fan of, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman, of course. Um, but, you know, he had this to say about why, you know, why do we include Batman and what is, uh, you know, where do we stand with the Marvel movie coming out at the same time as Batman Superman? And, uh, <clears throat> he says, the thing I was surprised about in response to Superman, was how everything clings to the Christopher Reeves version of Superman, which we've talked about. Right. There's always this version where this guy is almost like Jesus Christ. He's not going to kill anybody. He's always going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Well, in the comic books, we always saw a different version of that. Right. And Zack Snyder basically is coming out and saying, I understand that. I know that. I created these disaster scenes. I know that it's going to have repercussions. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, the only villain for him to face after this aftermath of what we saw in Man of Steel is Batman. Right. You know, somebody that's going to be like, what the fuck did you just do to my planet? Yeah. Or or your city, you know, where a bunch of humans live. Batman is our fucking ambassador. Exactly. Um, so, you know, he's he's just saying, you know, people – and, you know, we we've definitely had, you know, polarization on the show – About how we feel about what happened to Man of Steel. (laughs) Listen to episode eight. Listen to it. Yeah, totally, totally polarized. Um, And I think you know that carried across the board. People either hated it or they loved it because it, you know, they thought that it went against the source material. But the source material, you know, definitely concludes that Superman has killed. Well, yes. Yeah. He has had to kill.
2: Well, he
0: killed Zod in Superman two, Jay. He killed him in the movies. Okay. People. First <laughs> off, first off, in Superman two, right. he reversed that it, it, with that machine in in, in the uh, Fortress of Solitude. Right. He reversed it so that n- he wasn't powerless. Yes. Zod, was, Zod powerless. was powerless. So now Zod's powerless. Right. And he could easily just, all right, all right, we're going to take you to jail and you're going to spend the rest of your life in a human jail. Right. No. Christopher Reeves picks him up <laughs> yeah. and throws him into a bottomless pit. He's
5: tired of his shit. To his
0: death. Yes. <laughs> and you can you can argue that maybe, oh, Christopher Reeves worked out a way to throw him into a bottomless pit that was actually the Phantom Zone. Yeah. But it was never explained. A
5: soft cushion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am saying that he picked him up and he threw a powerless man into a bottomless pit into which he died. Right.
5: What's interesting about this? Okay. And and Snyder. I'm not going to quote him word for word. I'm just going to summarize. But what he's saying is that he knew damn well what he was doing with the destruction and devastation and the consequences is Batman. Yeah, that is the consequence. Everybody was
0: up in arms about the destruction in that movie right. about a about a. Uh, I don't know you know like the, the all the destruction of metropolis and yeah. like him being thrown through these buildings and like people dying I honestly I think that most of the people died during the um the terraforming that went on not right not because of like you know, Superman and Zod getting thrown into buildings. I think it had to do with the terraforming terraforming mission. If you guys actually watched the movie, the terraforming was what caused the
5: devastation. Right. Right. He had to take out Zod because of the terraforming. Exactly. Because it was killing everybody. Right. So, but Snyder knew damn well that somebody else and it's so cool. I think it's 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 a little bit reassuring even though I'm against All the news we've been hearing, I think it's reassuring that he knows damn well that there are repercussions to that and that the only repercussion that is really reasonable is that Batman comes about and is the one that confronts him about that shit. The only problem I have with that is that Batman is Ben Affleck. He is Ben. (laughs) Yeah, that is a problem. That is definitely a problem. (laughs) But to see his point of view finally and for him to kind of come out and say, like, look, we knew – from the beginning. Well,
0: he's come out at cons and he said, hey, listen, yeah, if you thought there was a lot of destruction in Man of Steel, he's like, you don't think that there was a lot of destruction in New York when the Avengers yeah. battled against the, the Chitauri? The yeah. Hulk
5: running through buildings <laughs> right. full of people <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: didn't cause any problems. <laughs> well, and then the Chitari going around and just killing people. Yeah, yeah. Thousands of chitari yeah I, I, there wasn't a terraforming terraforming machine mind you
5: right and and so you know I will quote this um, he's talking about here how he wanted to make Superman as real as possible he's an alien on this world that's true, and he's only had so much you know knowledge about what he he hasn't killed before. He he hasn't really witnessed what that is. He's a farm boy. He's lived on a farm. So he's lived on a farm. He's confronted with this alien threat that's threatening his family. Right. That's threatening the that rest of the world. Showed him
0: a vision right. of him sinking into s- human Apocalypse. skulls. Yeah. yeah. Right.
5: If he let Zod live. Right. That was the whole point of that scene. That everybody fucking. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the repercussions are the human elements coming in. Batman, who was always the human element in the Justice League, the reason he joined the Justice League was to be the human voice to say, you guys can't fucking do whatever you want. Right. And I'm going to stop you if I have to. That gives me chills. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. alone. And he knows that. He said he's not oblivious to... Uh, the the mythology of the comic books, he says people just need to wait and listen to the story. The reason the casting has happened is because of the story, and people don't know it. Well, he killed Zod in the comics. He killed Zod in the comics,
0: so he's not the Christopher Reeves Superman. <laughs> The Golden Age Superman, Golden Age Superman, yeah, used to take criminals and throw them off the top of buildings, and
5: they were totally fine.
0: i'm sure yeah when they landed they were totally fine he would throw them in a fruit cart right totally cool no when superman (laughs) threw a villain off the top of a building right they were uh, they were fucking street pizza right they were dead
5: and don't you think that's more intriguing than a guy that's the boy scout The dude isn't the Boy Scout. He doesn't know. Right. He's come from a totally different place. He does not know. He has all this power. He's trying to learn, and that's what we saw in Man of Steel. Right. He's trying to learn how to deal with what he has.
0: Yeah, and like people will say, like, okay, he didn't fly Zod out into space and blah, 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 blah. He
5: wasn't even thinking about it. Right. The dude was causing imminent threat to everybody. He had to take him out.
0: Right. And, oh,
5: how did he break his neck? He had his fucking hands around his throat. Right. That's how he broke his neck, guys. (laughs) I saw that on Facebook, by the way. But, uh, you know, just to follow up on that, the whole Marvel situation, you know, we've talked about that before, where they have the same dates. Snyder welcomes that. And I think Marvel's been the same way. Yeah. They welcome it. It's great. Let's put out a lot of fucking cool movies at the same time. Right. Everybody wins. Yeah. There's no reason to bitch about it or say... DC's better than Marvel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sometimes I read one more than the other, but I still like them both. Yeah. And Snyder knows that. And I think he said a lot of smart things. Like I said, I'm not going to quote word for word because he said a lot of cool shit. Look it up on the internet, but... There's some reassuring stuff coming out of Batman and Superman.
0: I want to talk a little bit about Batman and Superman, too. Cool. Okay, and I want to talk – this. Uh, I was tipped off about this next story by our listener, uh, Josh Hill. So thank you, Josh. Man of Steel director Zack Snyder, he talked about, uh, with Forbes about how Batman became the focus of the Man of Steel sequel. He at first envisioned it going down totally different. He also mentions Kryptonite in the interview – So that debunks all that talk that he won't use kryptonite in a film. Yeah. They talked about it before the movie was even done. Right. Yeah. Here's what uh, Zack Snyder had to say. I got to be honest. It definitely was a thing that after Man of Steel finished and we started talking about what it would be in the next movie, I started subtly mentioning that it would be cool if he faced Batman. In the first meeting, it was like maybe Batman – Maybe at the end of the second movie, some kryptonite gets delivered to Bruce Wayne's house or something, (laughs) like in a cryptic way. That's the first time we see him. But then once you say it out loud, right, you're in a story meeting talking about, like, who should Superman fight if he fought this giant alien threat, Zod, who is basically his equal physically from his planet fighting on our turf. You know, who to fight next? The problem is once you say it out loud – then it's kind of hard to go back, right? Once you say, what about Batman? Then you realize, okay, that's a cool idea. What else? I mean, what do you say after that? But I'm not going to say at all that when I took the job to do Man of Steel that I did it in a subversive way to get Batman. I really believe that only after contemplating who could face Superman did Batman come into the picture. That's exactly what you said. And that's exactly... What Zack Snyder said. Um, he also talked about the costumes. Yeah, which pisses me off. Okay, <laughs> everyone is dying to see Affleck in the new costume. You know, myself included. Yes. I want to see Ben Affleck in the costume. Yeah, and he gave us this bit of costume information. He says the thing also that's really fascinating for me is that even just in the tests we've been doing, the costumes, right? You basically have Batman and Superman, and this is without Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill in the costumes. But just like the stand-ins, just testing to see what the costumes look like. And you have them standing there, and they're standing in the same shot. And then we have Wonder Woman, you know, all three of them in the same shot. Even just for the test. You really have to go, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Not only is it the first time that I'm seeing them, it's the first time they've ever existed together on screen in a movie. Yeah. And that's kind of a huge deal. Even just Batman and Superman standing next to each other, it's kind of epic. You do some sort of weight of the pop culture iconography jumping out of its skin when you're standing there looking at the two of them and Wonder Woman. It's crazy, but it's fun. I mean, I have the first photo. I've got it in my archive because it was like – I was like, okay, I better keep this. It's going to be worth something. (laughs) That reminds me of that scene in Avengers when you see that panning scene. When you see all of them together. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was iconic.
5: Yeah. In the middle of the city. And if you think
0: that gave you fucking chills, wait until they do get to a Justice League movie and you fucking see Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, fucking uh, Aquaman. Yeah. You know, hell, fucking throw Green Arrow in there doing his Hawkeye shit. Yeah.
5: I, I, it, the, the DC, flash, flash. Yeah. The DC, it pisses, what pisses me off is that he's got it hanging up in his office. Yeah. He's got a picture of that yeah in his office. He said that in that interview and it pisses me off because as much as I love Marvel, Batman, Superman are my yeah. two main dudes. Yeah. Period. I don't care what the fuck is fucked up in the comic book realm even though Scott Snyder's Batman runs Fucking A, Scott Snyder's killing it. He's awesome, and you guys should be fucking reading that shit. Batman Year Zero, check that shit out. Good stuff, but to see those two together, I mean, huge erection. Yeah. Huge. (laughs) So much bigger than Marvel. Yeah, okay, yeah. Even though I love Marvel.
0: I know. I love Marvel. Yeah. Batman, Superman. But you're talking Batman, Superman. Yeah. I mean, okay, guys, okay. Superman came out. What year was that? 1977, 78? Yeah, I think it was seventy-eight. And then we had to wait until nineteen eighty-nine until Keaton's Batman. Yep. Even back in like nineteen eighty-nine, people were thinking, and like, you were waiting. We were waiting for. You like, were waiting for, for it. the announcement that Warner yeah. Brothers was like, "Okay, you got Christopher Reeves and fucking Michael Keaton in the same movie." We were kids. We were kids, but we were still like, "Shit, dude. we were waiting for Batman." Fucking a, we were waiting yeah. for this shit, and it never happened. No, here we are. We're going to have to wait until 2016, but it's going to happen. Oh, yeah.
5: It's going to happen, finally. Yeah.
0: For a lot of people. I still would have liked to see that Michael Keaton, Christopher Reeves movie, though.
5: Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. For
5: sure. For sure. But, you know, I'm not as disheartened as I was about this movie, you know, especially hearing this stuff. And how enthusiastic
0: he is about it. And I know. love Zack Snyder. If yeah. you've ever listened to him talk about any project he's on, especially when he's at Comic-Cons, when he goes to a Comic-Con – The fans there go nuts. They love him. Anything he says, they hang on every word. I love Zack Snyder. I don't care what anybody says. I'm a huge Zack Snyder supporter. Absolutely. I love his vision. I love how he sees things in his head and he's able to put that on the screen.
5: He's a comic book movie storyteller. Yeah. Um, 300 proves it. Watchmen proves it. Yeah, I read the fucking books. Me I too. Have. I
0: read Watchmen too. I've got the fucking hardcovers. I've got the, fu- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got the Watchmen book. I love it. Yeah, I love it. But I love his stylized
5: vision. You know, just taking people like the comedian and Roserich from, from Rorschach from Watch, Rorschach. Rorschach.
4: Rorschach.
0: Rorschach.
4: Rorschach.
0: <laughs> Jay, say it. Rorschach. Rorschach. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're so
5: bad with yeah, names. Nice. I know, but, but yeah. I, I,
0: I had, I had zero expectations of Watchmen being good. They said it could not be done. Right. They said you could not make a Watchmen movie but when I in two it, and a
5: half hours. But when you saw Watchmen and when I saw Watchmen, I was like, this dude should be doing Superman. I said it to myself. Well, yeah, me too. I, I like, did. This guy can totally do any superhero movie he fucking wants. I, to. I
0: don't know if I said Superman, but when I said this guy should be doing a superhero movie, Absolutely. And then when they announced him on Superman, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm yeah. happy. I'm on board. Right. And and he did Immortals. Yeah, I wasn't. Did he do Immortals? Yeah. Well, Henry Henry Cavill was in that. I don't think he did Immortals. Are you though. sure? You might want to look that up. I think
5: he did. We will look it up. Yeah, we don't, don't have Jake here, unfortunately, to yeah. look that up. But I think it was. Okay. Another great movie. But anyway, Watchmen, fantastic. Totally, totally loved it. And, you know, I love the book. And I think he has a good idea of where to take these characters and what it should look like nowadays. And people can cling on to those old, old ideas but the Christopher Reeve Batman, like, or Superman, god damn it, Superman is not the comic book Superman. He was an idealized uh, version of him for the time, and yeah. for the time it was great. Growing up as a kid watching Christopher Reeves as Superman made
0: sense to the me. The tagline was, you will believe a man can fly. Right. And they did that. Absolutely. You know, they did that. They, uh, I mean they it was totally different way that they showed a man flying in this and they and the t- the technology that they used to show him flying around was awesome. Yeah. And it was a fun movie and it was uh it was funny and it had action and it had a great cast. Yeah. But uh it's not the only iteration of Superman ever. No. There are other versions of Superman. Yeah. So
5: it was defining and and nobody Nobody could pull it off like Christopher Reeves, and that's why people need to stop trying to believe that we can copy that right. with somebody nowadays. It's a different world. Di- there's there's different people. Um, so to try and tell that story now, they w- tried.
0: It was called it was called Superman Returns. Superman Returns, and they, and they got Brandon Routh, who I like. I do like Brandon. I'm a huge I, I'm a huge Brandon Routh fan. Yeah. Um, there were definitely elements that were great. About that movie, yeah, I mean, but he he did a great job, and they told him that they wanted him to play Su- uh, Christopher Reeves playing Superman, right? And I think he did a good job at doing that. It's just I just don't think that that's the direction they should have taken the character.
5: Well, even the Lex Luthor, you know, right. and we talked about Jesse Eisenberg, you know, taking on the role of Lex Luthor. That's not that's not somebody that even exists today. Right. Somebody that would be like that, even as an evil mastermind, would not be a goofball like that guy was. And like I Gene shit, Hackman. I love Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman was great. I don't have any qualms about that shit. Like I said, I grew up on that. I love it. I
0: watch those movies all the time. Superman 1, Superman 1. Dude, it's turn. just like, okay, it's just like we got to – we were just happy to get Superman in a movie back then. Yeah. That's what it was about.
5: Lex Luthor was secondary. Right. Completely. But now they're taking it to a whole new level, and people need to accept that fact that there was more to Superman than what we've seen. Yeah. There was way more to who he was. Right. And the perfect guy for him to go against is
0: Batman. Oh, yeah. I agree. There's no other. There's Dude, that's else. why people went fucking crazy when they showed that Superman Batman logo at Comic-Con.
5: Yeah. Well, even in I Am
0: Legend, showing the... Oh, I know. Yeah, I Am Legend, when they had that teaser. The symbol. That's back when there was the rumors that uh, Jude Law was going to be Batman. Which would have been horrible, probably. Yeah, and then I think... Who who did they have connected to Superman back then? I can't remember.
5: Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't remember. But they were talking about Jude
0: Law being Batman. But
5: they immediately started trying to film a Justice League movie without... Uh, a Superman movie beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And we had, uh, a Lone Ranger, uh, uh, Army Hammer! Army Hammer was yeah. involved in that as Batman. They had a whole cast. so You can check out the pictures. Hey Jay, try to say cast.
0: Rorschach again. Rorschach. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying Rorschach. Rorschach. Test. It's Rorschach. Rorschach.
5: <laughs> Rorschach is fucking awesome.
0: Rorschach is the shit. dude. He is
5: awesome. He is. He is one of my favorite characters next to Batman.
0: I love sure. fucking Rorschach. But
5: anyway, I'm a
0: little more reassured. All right. I want to talk a little bit about, did you hear about, uh, they talked about the description of the, a little bit of the description about the Wonder Woman, Woman costume? Wonder Woman I costume. did not hear this. Okay. Michael Wilkinson, he's the costume designer for Batman versus Superman. So he's the guy designing all the costumes for this. Yeah. Okay. You kind of know where you're going to go. They're going to kind of probably tweak the Superman costume a little bit. Just like they did in the Marvel's event, uh, Thor. You know, Thor came out. And then in, by the time Avengers came out, they tweaked the costume a little bit, Yeah, which they still need to tweak a little bit more because I want to see the helmet again. I, wanna, I want the helmet. They had the helmet in the first movie, but yeah. it, for just a split second. He needs to get a little more dark. Yeah. <laughs> Put the helmet on. Yeah. Get the helmet on. But anyway, Michael Wilkinson, the costume designer for Batman versus Superman, he was asked by The rap about Wonder Woman's costume. To which he had this to say, it's so important to get it her right. She really deserves to be presented on screen in her full glory. So what I do is I look at the history of how the character has been presented on the big screen and the small screen and in the comic books and graphic novels. We process it all. Then we kind of put that aside and work out what is right for our film, for the cinematic universe that our director Zack Snyder is putting together. We try and create a Wonder Woman that's relevant for today's audience. When asked if it would be realistic for her to fight in this outfit, he said, Absolutely. I mean, you just have to look at the gladiators from ancient Rome. They did their thing in a little loincloth and shield. If it works for Thor, it works for 300. So let's see what happens. Shit. What are your thoughts on these comments, Jay? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of enthusiastic about that. I don't want
5: I don't I don't want the Amazonian you know Wonder Woman yeah, Amazonian yeah, yeah. I get it. to be all dialed up in some armored outfit. I don't I don't want that. Well, okay, she's like in some little mini skirt. No, I mean I don't not, want that. I don't want a mini skirt either. I mean I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't sit there and draw you what I think it should look like. I could. I don't. I, I have no idea. But I don't want. I don't want an armored up. You know, uh, she doesn't need armor. You know, she's. just Have you as, seen
0: the Earth Two Wonder Woman? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like. She I doesn't said, need armor, but like, okay, okay. This is. Uh, let me let me tell you what. What has me worries, worried is when he says they that they say they've taken a look at all the different looks of the characters throughout her history, right? And then they put that aside, yeah, to do what's best for their film, yeah. Um, are we going to get to see an armor-clad Wonder Woman? Well- and. I mean we don't even know what version of the character we're going to get. Is it going to be the old DC Wonder Woman who's beginning started as a – we don't even know her origin. Is she going to be the – is she going to start out like the old DC canon where she started out as a clay figure that was brought to life by the magic of the gods? Or is it going to be the new 52 version where she's the uh, demigoddess? Daughter of Queen uh, Hippolyta and Zeus, King of the Greek gods. Right? Um, could she be more like the Earth Two Wonder Woman, who was worshipped, uh, who worship Roman gods as opposed to the Greek in the original? Or is there still some truth that she'll be of Kryptonian origin? Because they denied it, but I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, that they're still going to make her Kryptonian origin.
5: Well, you know, we saw that empty pod in Man of Steel. Is it Supergirl or I'm, is it Wonder Woman? I'm thinking I'm thinking it's Supergirl. Yeah. I'm thinking it's Kara zor How else to really bring about a good confrontation but Wonder Woman and Supergirl? Fucking hey, that would be awesome. His cousin being like, "Don't talk to her."
0: <laughs> I personally I like the look of the new 52 uh, Earth 2 Wonder Woman. I think that's the look that they should be going for. She's fully equipped with a sword metal gauntlet on her left arm, and silver tip boots that protect her all the way to her knees.
5: I want to see a sword and shield. And I want to see the lasso. Yeah. Um, she doesn't need to be scantily clad. No. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not saying that, but I don't want to see... She doesn't need body armor. You know what I mean? She doesn't need a fantastic costume. She just needs something that represents who she is, like the symbol.
0: I don't want to look like... Uh... What's uh, the the pilot episode for the C W the, the NBC Wonder Woman that never came out? Yeah, I don't want to the thing. chick from Friday Night Lights. That
5: was something you could buy at like a convenient or Walmart. <laughs> it was <laughs> you could, bad. You could buy that outfit at Walmart. Yeah, she she needs to be regal. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, like I don't need her to 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 be overly sexualized. You know, in any sort of way, she can she can no, that's pants a, on exactly like,
0: <laughs> like the one the, the the one uh from earth uh, from the uh, earth 2 yeah she looks badass dude she's got the sword she's got the armor tip boots up to her knees yeah she's got the metal gauntlet she's a badass
5: it's definitely more like thor is portrayed yeah for sure and that and that's what i've always said is that if if marvel can do thor why can't they do wonder woman No problem. Right. Why is it such a fucking hard thing to do? Because they want to show more skin. That's usually the issue. How much skin do we show on Wonder Woman? How much cleavage? That's
0: true. That's that, a big that's, deal. That's what it is. And that's always been the thing. Her character. If has, that wasn't an issue, then look at the fucking covers. It would have already been. Look done. at the yeah. fucking covers where they try to fucking exploit that bullshit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's what I like about Gail Simone's run on, uh, Gail Simone's run on Red Sonia. Yeah. She doesn't fucking exploit Red Sonia as this fucking sex symbol. Right. Red Sonia's a beautiful woman and. At the same time, she kicks ass. Yeah. But, like, the cover isn't, like, Red Sonya, like, with a sword sticking her ass out. Right, right.
5: And they do that so much, and it's so annoying.
0: Uh, the 90s were
5: notorious. Yeah, huge tits, Uh, just, like, strings. They're wearing, like,
0: strings. Yeah, fucking, like, thongs and <laughs> yeah. shit, dude. Yeah. And I I, don't, I've I, seen, like, pictures of Psylocke, like, wearing, like, nothing. Right. And uh, yeah, Psylocke. But
5: I don't think I don't think for an instant that Zack Snyder is going to portray that version. I think he's going to really do a tasteful, you know. Well, but but at the same time, Watchmen and and uh, what's her name, Scarlet, this uh, uh, Silk Spectre, Silk Spectre. They did kind of like throw that sex scene in there, where it's like, why the hell is this sex? It was in the book. It was in the book. But at the same time in the movie it didn't make as much sense. It kind of felt like they were trying to just over sexualize, you know, that
0: that portion to get more people to like the movie. I think Snyder just wanted to like take it page for page. I mean, like I know he didn't adapt everything in the book, but yeah. I Zack Snyder tried to make it as true to the book as possible.
5: And I guess I didn't maybe give him that much credit. But when I saw that, that was one of the things that bugged me, and that's one of the things. Even though, like, the rest of the movie, she was totally kick-ass. Yeah. And so I have no doubt that he can do that. But,
0: yeah, that kind of worried me a little bit. I still – and I know people are going to think I'm crazy. I still want to see a fucking Quentin Tarantino-directed Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after Kill Bill. After Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, okay, like – there's so many movies where, like, these directors don't get the women right. They, like, just fucking sexualize them the yeah. whole fucking time. And, yeah. it's, and it takes you out of the movie, you know? It's, like, as guys watching this stuff – because guys are visually stimulated. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I, okay, whatever. Like, you're watching uh, the, the Avengers. Like, Scarlett Johansson's a beautiful woman, but she still kicks ass. Yeah. But the thing is, like, with the Kill Bill movies, like, she just fucking – Uma Thurman – And all these women in that movie just kicked ass. Totally brutal. If you could get Quentin Tarantino to agree to say, hey, let's tone it down to PG-13. Let's direct a Wonder Woman film. Dude, I'm fucking there. Yeah, yeah. I am fucking there. My ass is in the seat day one. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's just presented in a way that's, uh, you know, beautiful. Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill was beautiful and brutal at the same time. At no point where you're like... Well, yeah, maybe you were a little bit like, yeah, you know, she's attractive. It wasn't like that, though. I mean, yeah. you're watching, and you're like, holy shit. Holy fuck.
0: I love the Family Guy episode where, like, uh, they hired uh, Peter Griffin as the eye wrangler for Uma Thurman. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. her eyes kept moving off of her yeah. face. and he-
5: <laughs> That happens quite a bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's got to be done right and that To me, like, right now, that's my biggest worry is, is will Wonder Woman be done properly?
0: Everybody's fucking, like, put their name into the hat to, like, write a Wonder Woman script, okay? David S. Gorrier's wanting to do it. Max Landis, who fucking wrote Chronicle, was interested in doing it. Yeah. And Wonder Brothers is scared to death to find somebody to direct a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. All I'm saying... Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. That's your guy right there. But
5: it really does boil down to the fucking costume. And it shouldn't. Yeah, no. It shouldn't. I mean, we don't. I mean, of course, I want to see Ben Affleck as Batman, but I'm not like, oh, that's going to make her break it for me. Right. But with Wonder Woman, it's like, yeah, that's going to make her break it. Right. If they fuck that up, the costume. Yeah. I mean, and that sucks because it is so much pressure on that character because she's such a great character. It should be easy. Yeah. She's just as important. It's the Trinity. It's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's the fucking Trinity. That is. And so,
0: why are we so hung up on
5: what she's going to look
0: like? But we are. Yeah, we are. And it's they sucks. need to do some stuff, dude. Like when they make, if they ever do make a Justice League movie, which I think we will see in our lifetime, but. Can you imagine that, though?
5: Oh yeah. Oh my god. I have imagined it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. but like they need to do that. Where they need to make it to where like it's like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they're the Trinity. Yeah. And they need to have a scene where like you know maybe they have an argument, just like in uh, the Avengers where we saw like Hulk take on Thor. Like right. I've seen in the comic books where like Wonder Woman has gotten into spats with like Green Lantern and she just kicks his ass, beats the shit out of, shit out of Green Lantern, even
5: Superman. She kicks the <laughs> shit out of Superman,
0: no problem. Oh man, I
5: can't wait! Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, it's interesting. If anything, it's an interesting uh,
0: prospect. Yeah,
5: you've got the human, you've got the alien, and then you've got the fucking
0: Amazon, Amazon, the god or demigoddess, whichever one they right. Are. What the fuck? I don't know which one.
5: And and Zack Snyder has explored many of those characters. I topics. think
0: they're going to go with the new 52 version. Yeah. To, yeah.
5: Well, hell, Watchmen alone is, explores all those
0: right. characters already. All right. Let's talk uh, – we haven't talked Star Wars in a long time, so we're going to talk a little bit of Star Wars news. Nice. We, we're we not getting a lot of Star Wars news. Thank no. you, J.J. Abrams. Thank you, Disney. For nothing. <laughs> uh but uh great news the Hollywood Reporter broke the story that Peter Mayhew is in fact returning to play Chewbacca Fantastic. in Star Wars Episode 7. Now we all kind of speculated that he would come back when he showed interest uh, as well as him tweeting about catching a flight last month. Um and just last week he dropped out of a convention due to a filming schedule. Now it's confirmed that at least we'll have Chewbacca and R2D2. Yeah. Um also I wanted to bring up that the uh, Bob Iger, he he broke a little Star Wars news recently stating that Star Wars episode 7 will in fact take place 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi so basically real time so like Not Lucas's vision, which was 20 years later. This is going to be 30 years later. Now, Bob Iger said Star Wars Episode 7 will take place 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Iger says, now, very familiar faces along with trio, with a trio of young leads. So, we're going to see a lot of familiar faces and then three young leads. Is that going to be expanded universe shit? Are we going to see like Anakin and Jason and you think it's going to be expanded universe characters? You're going to think they're going to branch off into like new characters.
5: Uh, I mean, to me, it sounds like new characters. It sounds like maybe we might not get all the main cast even back. They haven't even confirmed that yet, dude. They're
0: coming back. Yeah, Hamill's coming back. Carrie Fisher's already getting in shape. She hired a trainer. That's true. That's true. They're coming back. Hamill. I. I. You know. And I think. I think Ford will come back too. I just question, yeah. I mean,
5: where is the story coming from? I mean, we've we've. I'm a huge fan of the Timothy Zahn stories, which were actually taking place after you know the original movies. They were supposed to be Lucas put his fucking stamp on it. Yeah, you know these are the stories we're going to put out, right? Or is it going to be like Dark Force Rising with Grand Admiral Thrawn and all that stuff going on? I don't know. You know, I don't know what it's going to be, but i'm I'm hoping it's an original you know we've seen enough like I love the Clone Wars, I love all that stuff. all the story spin offs, some of them suck, but you know a lot of them are pretty good and
0: you know okay, what we do know is like okay uh what's his name uh Michael Arndt the toy yeah. the toy story scribe yeah that okay, he was originally attached to the project he wanted to write about the basically like the new trio the new the new trio of leads that they're talking about here right that was his main story and like the you know like Mark Hamill like Han Luke and Leia they were kind of going like they were going to be in the story but not as much right now J.J. Abrams had a problem with that because that wasn't his vision so J.J. Abrams they kind of scrapped that Story, yeah, and that's what pushed it out from being a summer release in 2015 to now a December release in 2015. And so that's when they hired on uh, uh, Kasner, yeah, to come back from Empire, from Empire, yeah, yeah. to come back and write, help write these new stories because apparently JJ Abrams wants to make hey, Lon, uh, Lon, Han, Leia, and Luke bigger players in this film right than in the uh aren't script
5: which is kind of reassuring because that's what i want i want the continuation of those characters before i see something else i want to know what happens to them i want to see what i want to see personally is luke either turning to the dark side or becoming a part of that to subvert it
2: right because
5: it's it's a constant threat. Like why do they have a new threat after they've supposedly destroyed the empire? So what I want to see is, you know, a strong empire coming back, a strong threat to where Luke is like, I've got to join forces with these guys. And that's kind of what dark force rising was about with the uh, dark horse comic series, which was fucking fantastic. We saw the return of Boba Fett and everybody else that we loved. And I thought it was a good meld of the old universe with a totally new story I, I want to see it take that adult approach that we didn't see from the prequels, which were totally kid-oriented movies. I'm sorry. So they were made to sell
0: toys. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them, but they weren't great. They were kids' movies. <laughs> there were parts that I really enjoyed. I loved the pod race. It was yeah. a lot of fun, and I loved um, Darth Maul. But like, when when you
5: saw The Phantom Menace, yeah. you saw the title, and then you saw the teaser uh, picture of Anakin, the young kid, and the Darth Vader shadow behind right. him you're like this is gonna be fucking dark yeah it was not
0: no it wasn't it wasn't dark
5: and we grew up with empire strikes back which i think is what he's doing right with teaming up with kasner is saying we are going to take it down this path to where things fall apart for these guys yeah
0: i love i love lawrence kasdan what he did for the movies back in you know like the eight you know 70s and 80s yeah he hasn't done much
5: since he has been really good no absolutely not but for him, it implies to me that they're going to take that approach to where this is a darker turning point for these characters. And why wouldn't it be? To set up a whole new story, things have to go bad, you know. So I think that's probably what what this decision was in teaming with him and getting rid of
0: uh, what was it? Arn you said Arnett? My uh, my Michael Arnett. Right. Yeah.
5: You know, he might have had a more pleasant tale. But I don't think that's what people want. I
0: don't think that's what we've read. I don't know if Michael Arndt had a more pleasant tale. I mean, he th- I think he, has, he gave us a Toy Story movie that was pretty fucking dark. It was kind of dark,
2: <laughs> actually. <Yeah. laughs> no so, I think about it, yeah.
0: I think Michael Arndt just... I, th- I think what happened is Michael Arndt was kind of like butting heads with Abrams. Right. And so, well, okay, what's Disney looking at here? Or, do we want to keep Abrams happy or do we want to keep Arndt happy? Right. Of course they want to keep Abrams happy right and I think what's the next best thing after you get rid of Michael Arndt who basically written one of the best cartoon movies animated movies ever what's the only way that you're gonna appease Star Wars fans okay let's bring back in Lawrence Lawrence Kasdan right from the original series that'll appease the fans and make everybody think that everything's okay here right I'm just hoping that Lawrence Kasdan still has the fucking juice left in him to write a good Star Wars story. Right.
5: I mean, you have to get you have to do something to tie up these characters. Oh, I agree. No,
0: no, no. I'm not. And it's not going to be good. I mean, it can't be. Yeah, it can't be. No, it can't be. There's going to be <laughs> if they need to continue this story. Right. Those guys
5: need to go. All those guys need to go. I want to see them. I want to see them for maybe two
0: more movies at yeah, least. Yeah, I do too. I want to see the best story possible. Yeah. I don't care how they go as long as it's a great story. Yeah,
5: yeah. I, I just don't think – I, I think, don't think
0: they should just go for the purpose of dying.
5: Right. I don't but, want to
0: just die for the purpose of dying. I want – if if their deaths are going to happen, yeah. if their deaths are inevitable, I want it to be for a fucking meaning. Right, right. And I want I want their deaths to live on in their children – possible the possible trio of characters, the young leads, yeah they're gonna take on these next movies. I want their deaths to mean something and to go on in those in in the new generation of Star Wars you know, leads. Right. And I
5: I think that's the possible best way to tell the story is have those guys in this movie and maybe even in this movie they're gone. You know what I mean? Right. You had you had the death of Qui John, you had the death of Obi Wan. Yeah. Those two things were pivotal for you as a viewer to be like, I'm totally invested in this movie. So you have all these deaths, and I think that's going to be the next step. They're going to probably kill off these characters, maybe not all of them. I possibly foresee Luke becoming an f- evil force. Yeah. To where, like his father. Right. You know? And I think that's a great story. In I do too. Yeah, but you know, to have Han and Leia stick around for two, three more movies—it's a lot
0: more interesting than him just becoming a Force ghost,
5: right? Yeah, I don't want to see a fucking Force ghost. That yeah. doesn't tie anything up for me. It was, you know, even in Return of the Jedi, it didn't tie it up for me. But I, I think that's the way they're going to probably go. Yeah, is, is maybe Han and Leia are, are going to die?
0: That'll be pretty divisive amongst fans. Huge huge
5: but i think it needs to be done yeah those guys can't keep sticking around and you have to kill the legend you know you have to tie up those stories for people that really are invested in it and and you know even like the clone wars cartoon it's dark as fuck people die all the time yeah yeah it's totally not just a kid's show i fucking love i've been watching that because
0: it's on netflix i love ventress dude yeah fucking love ventress i i
4: i
5: I went into it thinking you know uh, I know this is a Cartoon Network show. I'm going to be kind of like, hey, you know, whatever. But and, and I've always been the type of person that wanted the darker kind of Star Wars story, and it's dark. Yeah, Clone Wars gets dark. Yeah,
0: third
5: up, third season, second season, it gets pretty dark.
0: All right. So thirty years later, um, I also wanted to point out uh, an all-terrain armored transport or an At-At, as it's most commonly known by Star Wars fans, was spotted on the set of Star Wars Episode Seven on Tatooine. So people are already speculating. Um, Okay. Where did we see At-Ats? We saw them on Hoth, right? Yeah. We also saw them on Endor. Yeah. Now, on the set photos, we're seeing them on Tatooine, which is Luke's home planet. Right. Okay. Have you had time? Have you heard this rumor before? I'm trying to process it. Right process now. it. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. You process it right now. I'm going to tell you what my speculation okay. is. Okay. My guess is that the people on Tatooine are just using like old empirical technology as their own. Okay. Um, there could be like this menacing shot of like one walking around and it walks right at the like Han uh, solo and then Chewbacca is behind the controls or something like right, that. Right, right. But. Okay that's just speculation. more than likely we'll just see a lot of these old ships that the Empire had a lot of old empire vehicles and uh, that that were used throughout the previous films that aliens are just now using as their own right because I mean like after the Empire was defeated, you know i all I think is like all this old technology, I think you're just gonna see it on a lot of different plants and people are just like you know just using it as like you know their own right right.
5: Yeah, so, that that makes sense. He's probably going to do an updated take on, you know, what is a Star Destroyer? What is a Death Star? Right. What is an ad-ad? You know? Right. Yeah.
0: So I think you'll just see, like, an ad-ad on Tatooine walking around. And it could just be, like, any old ad-ad now. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's part of the Empire. I think we'll see different things. Did you ever read, like, the old scripts online that they had released about uh Star Wars, like, Episode Seven, where it was, um like there were the empire was rising again yeah. and it was um people that uh that worshiped vader and they actually would wear like the vader masks yeah. and they had like almost like boba fett like jetpacks on and would fly around oh, yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that and the whole deal was that their their goal was to get uh luke's dna right that what and cuz they already had vader's dna And their whole goal is to clone Luke. Yeah. That way they could grow a Vader and grow another Luke. Right. That way those two could rule the destiny Uh, – that that way they could rule the universe because that was supposed to be their destiny. Right. Like Vader always said that 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 was his destiny. Yeah. And so basically just kind of like grow these like fucking sea monkeys and shit. Yeah. So now you've got your Vader, you've got your Luke, and now, now they've got their clones and they can rule the galaxy together.
5: Well, yeah, of course, Palpatine cloned himself in the comic books too. Right. You know, and we know they have cloning technology,
0: you know. Yeah. I, I don't know what Abrams is gonna do, man. I, I don't have no either. idea what Kaznan's gonna fucking do.
5: Yeah, I don't either.
0: I, I do want to see Luke go to the dark side. Personally, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I think that makes a more interesting story. I know a lot of people listening to this yeah. are probably fucking like ripping their hair out right, right. now. Right, and I'm not. Say- I'm
5: not saying he becomes a bad guy. Right, he doesn't. Uh, in the books, he does this to, to to subvert the empire after a cloned emperor reemerges. Right, and so that's the most interesting story to me. But at the same time, he loses himself in it, just like his father did. Right. Which is interesting.
0: I think that makes an awesome story. It ties it back to Luke and Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is still denying those Star Wars Episode Seven casting rumors. I
5: think he's going to be later.
0: (laughs) You think so? Yeah. Uh, he was asked at a Q&A session at Oz Comic Con about the reports to which the Iris replied his response on their Twitter uh, Twitter page. Quote, I would have liked a part in J.J.'s new Star Wars, but it won't happen, sadly. Now, Jay, is this true or is this just more of the J.J. Abrams cover-up, much like the con in Star Trek Into Darkness? <laughs> Or is this a boy who cried wolf moment where he really isn't cast in the movie, but because of the veil of mystery in the past, we're still thinking he could be involved? Yeah, that, that's that's a good question. That's the million dollar yeah. question, man. Because okay, number one, would you like to fucking see Benedict Cumberbatch
5: absolutely. in a film? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. As a Sith? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he would be good. He'd be a good Sith, but I I kind of think that if he wanted to deny this, he would have already done it. Why now? Why finally come out? Because he he spent a lot of time saying Nah, he he didn't say shit, right? And now he's finally like, Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a part of it.
0: Well, I mean, now like
5: halfway through, like during the winter time, we we you know talked about the rumors that he was going to be in it, and he you know there was no denial
0: no denial or saying that he was a part of it. I knew like I was I kept thinking like he's going to be a part of it because he I think I think I remember he like devoted a lot of time to like doing a lot of episodes of Sherlock. Yeah. And I thought like okay, he's knocking out a ton of Sherlock right now that way he can free up time so he can be available for Star Wars. Right. I don't know.
5: He's not going to stick with television forever and I think this is the next step. Grand Animal Thrawn, like I said, the blue skinned alien in the, uh, uh, Timothy Zahn stories, the, one of the main threats in that, in that who could actually repel the force, this alien threat. He wasn't a Jedi, he wasn't a Sith. Right. And cause that kind of story
0: seems kind of played out, but even from the illustrations in the book, the dude looks like him. The problem, I, the, the thing that I'm thinking though, man, is like, okay. Star Trek Into Darkness was voted the worst Star Trek movie ever fucking made. Yeah. And the thing that that has in common with this rumor is that the director and the actor are both attached to that film. That's true.
5: That's true. So
0: it's like they might just be like, okay, we love working together, but maybe we shouldn't attach ourselves to this because we don't want this Star Wars movie to be the Star Trek Into Darkness of this Star Wars universe.
5: Right. And, I mean, you think about the villain of of Darth Vader. The dude was in a mask. You didn't see the guy. Yeah. And that was kind
0: of the appeal was that. Yeah, but, okay, that's the appeal. But he had such an iconic voice. like Everybody knew it was like, oh, my God, that's James Earl Jones. Right,
5: right, right. Benedict has a very good voice. Well we found that <laughs> out with uh Smog. Shmoog.
0: Shmoog. <laughs> the desolation Dude, of Shmoog. fuck that his name's Smog, man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that Smog bullshit. Yeah. Dude that pisses me off. It does. Smoog. I've never read it as
5: Schmoog when I read the book. No. Right. <laughs> <sighs> yeah.
0: Whatever. But,
5: but given that, maybe. Maybe that's his place. I don't know.
0: There's. J.J. So, Abrams is such a sly motherfucker, he isn't is. he? he? He is. is. He is. And,
5: that's, that's a big question, though. Who's the fucking villain? Yeah. What is the villain? I mean, we know the Empire.
0: Right. But who's in charge of the Empire? Who's in charge of the Empire?
5: Right. Well, who, uh, who would stand up against Luke Skywalker? Right. At this point.
0: Oh, he's a legend throughout the universe. Who? He's a legend at yeah. this point, and I hope they point that out in this fucking movie. Right, right. I hope this fucking movie, like, his name is fucking legendary. Yeah. Throughout the fucking Star Wars universe.
5: Well, yeah, because if we're led to believe he brought balance to the force, he has to be.
0: Holy shit, the whole fucking universe watched the Death Star fucking explode. He did. Endor it. fucking, they fucking, like, went up in arms and <laughs> went, holy shit, oh my god! Like, all these yeah. fucking, like, you know, Ewoks went yeah. nuts and shit. <laughs> That can't be for nothing. No, It can't be for nothing. (laughs) This is fucking Luke Skywalker. He's a fucking legend. He saved the damn universe. Right.
5: Does he go crazy? I mean, I don't know. Like, who is the villain if it's not... If it's right. not,
0: who brought the empire back? I don't. What about Adam Driver? They were talking about Adam Driver. They,
5: they have not denied that to this day that he's involved.
0: Who the fuck is in this movie? They're already filming, aren't they? Yeah. Can we get a name? There's pre-production. They're start... Can we get a fucking name yeah. already? Yeah. I think they know exactly who's cast. They are so secretive. I can't believe that Disney's going along with J. J. Abrams yeah. on this.
5: Right. Like, why can't we get anything? Like. That is a bad sign because, like, are you relying totally on the wow factor, on the surprise element?
0: Because Jay, it doesn't matter, Jay. It's fucking Star Wars, right? Like, they're gonna, gonna watch it no matter what. They don't even have to release a trailer. Right. They could come out right now and say, you know what? Fuck you, fanboys. Yeah. We're not gonna fucking show you a trailer. Right. The movie's gonna come out in two thousand and fifteen in yeah. December. You're not gonna see anything. Yeah. We'd still go see it. All you For the trailer, all you're going to see is a Star Wars logo Lo-bi. that says Star Wars 7. Yeah. And then, and we're not even going to give you the title until you come out and see the movie. I'm going to still see the movie. You're going to still see the movie. Yeah. It and, doesn't matter what and they And J.J. Abrams can completely walk away from a piece of shit if he wants to.
5: Yeah. It could be total crap and he'd be like, I'm done. Sorry. Yeah.
0: I, <laughs> I don't know if they've signed him for more than one film. Well, he would totally
5: be shit on by the community nobody would watch his movies anymore yeah probably for starters but yeah you're i mean you're right i mean it's scary it's a scary prospect that's why none of us wanted it to be remade in the first but place I, I want
0: i want them to bring back the original cast i want them to bring in a bunch of no names you know and i don't want them to bring in just pretty faces yeah you know, no, like, I,
5: d- I don't want a bunch of pretty actors and actresses.
0: Yeah. I want people that I can be like, yeah, that's a normal everyday
5: looking person. Right. You know what I mean? That's what takes away from Star Trek for me, like the second one. It was too overblown with like, here's a pretty face, here's a well-known actor, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to see that. I want to, in Star Wars, what was mind-blowing was I didn't know any of those people. When I first saw the first Star Wars, I didn't know Harrison Ford. Star
0: Trek, I didn't know who Zachary Quinto was except for Heroes. Well, well, right. But you've seen him before. And I think he I mean, played a great Spock. Right. But I don't want to see some – yeah.
5: Well, that was one of the big things. And Kirk. The, the guy, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Great, great Kirk. I think he was great. Him and Spock were both great. But I don't want to see somebody that I've seen on the internet every five seconds. Right. Or that I can search for. I want to see somebody totally new – like, like Luke, like Han, like Leia when I first saw him. I was a little kid.
0: I didn't know who these
2: these
5: were.
0: Hey, hey, remember uh, E.T., yeah. the movie? Yeah. Remember the teacher that they had in class that they never showed the face of? Yeah, yeah. That was originally supposed to be uh, Harrison Ford. Was it really?
2: Shit. <laughs> and
0: they said that they thought the, – Steven Spielberg thought that that would be too distracting right. if they had a regular – I just wanted to throw that yeah, out there. That, I don't know why. It's pretty
5: cool. With the E.T. in the uh, Star yeah. Wars prequels, one of the f- fun – a few fun moments. Yeah, that, that
0: was, was a cool Easter again. egg. Yeah. That I and liked. they threw E.T. the E.T. aliens in the Star Wars prequel. But I
5: just I I think they need to get wiped out. I think something really bad needs to happen to those
0: main characters for them to continue with this story. Well, I just don't want them to do it to do it. I want them to do it to where it makes sense for the story.
5: Well, to where you're just like, I can't wait to see what the fuck they do in response
0: to this. I wanna fucking cry.
5: But who the fuck is gonna kill Luke Skywalker? I
0: know. <laughs> Nobody I know. Nobody. I know. I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's can, the thing. You can kill Han and, you know, lay up. Han. I don't want him to die like a bitch. No, uh-uh,
5: no. I, I, and don't get me wrong. I love Han Solo just as much as I like Han,
0: uh, Luke Skywalker, but Han Solo can what be What pisses killed. me off is Harrison Ford fucking coming out and saying that, oh, if I do this movie, I want to die right. in the first film. Right. Shut, dude, read the script first. Yeah. I love you fucking Harrison Ford. I love you. I yeah. love everything you've done. Why hate on it? Don't just be like, "Oh, I want to come back and die." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just be like, "You know what? Let me read the script." Yeah. Okay, I've read the script. This makes sense for my character. Yeah. But then again, he he can he he can say that, "Oh, okay, I played the part of Han." I am Han Solo, I know what's best for Han. Yeah. That's the thing. Like Robert Downey Jr. says the same thing for Tony Stark. You didn't like, create
5: the fucking character. You man. didn't
0: create the character. <laughs> yeah. Read the script. Right. Right. And then be then come to a to a conclusion as to whether this makes sense or not. Yeah. Just like Bill Murray saying, like, oh, I'll come back and I'll play Vankman, but I'll die after the first five minutes. It's the
5: same shit. It's It's the same same shit.
0: I'm going to dictate as an actor what you do with your
5: movies. Right. And that's what's held up these things from even happening in the first place. Exactly. Is people like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm too big for this. I'm sick of this shit. Dude, this is what made you. You were great at it. Maybe read the damn script and see if it's any good before you're just like, I need to die in this film. Right. (laughs) Everybody's just ready to die. Yeah. Well, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, motherfucker. Gosh, everybody's just ready to die. Yeah. I, It's your job, man, and, and you're good at it, and people want to see it. Like, why do you want to shit on it? I don't understand that shit from actors.
0: Let's just get the best story out there, man. Yeah. That's all I want to see.
5: Let the writers write the shit, and I'm sure you come up with great ideas. Yeah. I, you know, these actors do make the roles, and, like, you can't take away from – Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Yeah, he's fucking
0: Han Solo. What well, was, to, uh, fucking Robert, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Like, he
5: is Tony Stark. He defined him in the comics. Well, and even. he just
0: comes up with like lines off the fly. Like yeah. that shawarma scene was yeah. all Robert Downey Jr.
5: Right. They have great stuff, but they didn't, yeah. they didn't create the character. Exactly. They have no say over how that works. Right. So don't well, be like
0: deciding the character's fate. Kill Han Solo. That, yeah, man. that should be left to the writers in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Let's fucking take a break. We'll be right back. We'll go to some other news. We'll be right back. The way your dad looked at it, pop culture leftovers was your birthright. He'd be damned if any other podcasters were going to get their
1: greasy hands on his boy's birthright. So he hid it in the one place he knew he
5: could hide something, his ass. Five long years, he wore this podcast up his ass.
0: Then when he died of dysentery, he gave me the podcast. I hid this uncomfortable piece of audio up my ass for two years. Then, after seven years, I was sent home to my family. And now, little man, I give the podcast to you. Hey, and we're back. Um, Jay and I, we were outside. We were talking on a break. And uh, we talked about, like, you know, why are they going to go back to Tatooine? Yeah. Why? Why? why in the Star Wars universe would they go back to Tatooine? That was the big question me and Jay talked about outside when we were talking on break. And like, I brought it up to you, Jay, that like in the original movie, Star Wars, A New Hope, it was, um, Luke was like the new hope. Right. He was, uh, basically, uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, the horizon and thinking there's better things for me out there. And uh you know I'm made I made more from the I made more for this world I, I i'm I'm supposed to be something bigger and not this you know farm hand here helping you know my uncle Owen and so like we were thinking like you know what could it be and I, I brought it up to Jay that like that I think that the next great Sith Lord is gonna come from Tatooine. It's gonna be like the polar opposite of the original film right like that's why they're back at tatooine like like the rise of the Sith is actually going to come from Tatooine, which would be the polar opposite from the original film. Yeah. Do, 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 do you kind of agree?
5: Well, yeah. I mean, we, like you said, we were talking about why, why revisit Tatooine? You know, what, uh, besides maybe coming back as the Empire and destroying it to like prove a point to Luke, you know, we're going to wipe out your whole planet. It makes no sense to come back to Tatooine. So, that makes much more sense, and it also continues the story. You know, this isn't going to be one, one, one more movie. This is going to be a new, whole new trilogy. So you have to have a real reason to do that. And so it makes more sense to me, too, you know, after talking to you about it, that why go back there unless there is a rise of the Sith, you know, um, some great threat that threatens the balance of the force that, that Luke has created. You know, like I said, who's going to come and kill Luke? Well, there's got to be something major that happens, you know, for for them to, for the Empire to come back, first of all, and that for also to challenge Luke Skywalker at this yeah. point, you know, after he's already done all these things and, and uh, you know, brought balance to the force and everything's good again. Why go back to the home
0: planet? Yeah, I don't think it'll be Luke's story. I don't think it'll be anything with to do with like Luke's kids or Han and Leia's kids. Yeah, I think that we'll see the new rise of the Sith come from there, and whether it be like actor Adam Driver playing the new Sith Lord or Benedict Cumberbatch or whoever. Right. I think we're looking at the Sith coming out of Tatooine as a in uh, total contrast to the original film.
5: Yeah, and you got to ask yourself why. You yeah, know, why are the Sith coming back? Why? But you know, one of the major themes in Star Wars, like the you know the juxtaposition of Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, is Anakin wanted total freedom. You know, and and that's that's something we all kind of have within us. Like he's I want He's born into slavery. He's born into slavery, and he wants total freedom. And to that point, he wants total control. Yeah, and that's the only way that he sees in getting you know total freedom. And then you have Luke's, you know, saying that total freedom comes in helping others. Right. My total freedom is making sure everybody else is free. Darth Vader was the total opposite. And so, you know, in this movie, we've, we've got Luke already brought balance to the Force. He, you know, he is the Jedi that, you know, that Obi-Wan and Yoda predicted would bring balance to the Force. What what disturbs that balance, you know? Right. But an imbalance. Yeah. Somebody that has a better, you know, a different ideal on how that works, you know, somebody that wants total freedom. And so you have another kid. Well, maybe not another kid, but a possible situation on Tatooine where somebody's in this desolate shithole. That we all know.
0: Yeah, I think they've learned from, like, the the Phantom Menace that you don't want to start off with, like, some 9- or 10-year-old kid again. Yeah,
5: yeah. somebody else that's kind of been around, maybe he's, uh, you know... I think a lot of what was great about Star Wars 2 was a lot of these elements were explored with, like, Boba Fett, you know, somebody that you love to hate. Like, you understood, like, you know, why he was the way he was. So, you know, maybe we have another character that kind of teeters on that. You know, I want... I. You know, I think I'm doing the right thing and you kind of appeal to that character. You kind of relate to it, but at the same time, you know, he's ultimately doing it for his own goals. And in the end, it's going to really screw things up. So I, I don't know. You know, I think that's probably a good explanation as to why they would be on Tatooine again. Right. I don't see any other reason we've explored it countless you know we've explored it enough in my opinion in the star wars universe with anakin with luke growing up on that planet why just go right back to it just like new hope and show it again
0: yeah because i I don't think that luke is going to go back to tatooine and live on tatooine i don't think that han leia no are going to be living on tatooine why the fuck would they ever go exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah All right. Let's talk a little bit. Let's move on. I could talk Star Wars all fucking night, but we're going to talk about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Now, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is actually set 10 years after the events of the last film. And we have word that there will be some closure to James Franco's character of Will Rodman in this new film. It's pretty interesting how this came to be, though. Franco has a cameo in the film. But he had no clue that he was in the film. In the latest Entertainment Weekly, he was asked about this appearance. He said, wait, I have a cameo? I didn't know that. You know, I don't even think they asked my permission for that. (laughs) Slash Film had a set visit and they had this write up about the cameo. They says, uh, they say, uh, it's quote, it is presume that James Franco and Frida Pinto's characters died from the virus. We do get some closure with respect to what may have happened to them at some point in the story. In fact, in Rise of the Planet of the Apes script, James Franco's character, Will Rodman, died. They even shot the sequence, but it didn't make the final cut of that film. Hmm. Interesting. So that's what they're going to use is yeah. footage from that original cot. Well, that's a good
5: idea because that that character needs to be tied up, you right? Know, I, he he's not crucial to the rest of what's going to be coming.
0: Well, and it'll kind of get like uh, closure to like Caesar too, yeah. and, right? Like you know, you know, like once he dies, that's kind of like his only link to the you know to humanity.
5: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, for him to. You know, because you still kind of felt for his character, but, you know, when you watch the original Planet of the Apes movies, you you definitely don't like his character as much because he, you know, he becomes a dictator, you know, and, and he did love him so much, James Franco's character in Planet of the Apes, that you got to wonder, you know, how does that wrap up? And that seems like the perfect, you know, explanation and... I'm not surprised that he didn't know. Right. <laughs> he doesn't seem to know too much about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a smart guy, apparently. He has some education. He's too
0: busy tweeting. Yeah.
5: Underage girls. <laughs>
0: Allegedly. <laughs> now, uh, last week we talked about the Sinners of Six film that will take place after The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Uh, but the question is, which villains will make up that team? Yeah. Uh, in an interview with IGN producer Matt View Talmach said, nothing is sacred. I mean, it's going to be the best six that you can imagine, but it's going to make sense in the world that we're building. Then co-producer Avi Arad stated, when you translate comic to film, the word classic means the first 50 issues. Because after that, we all made changes. Changes that had to do with the science fiction turning into science. I think just the need to move this world forward. He went on to say, so of course we'll make adaptations about these guys and what their motivations, uh, because many of them have multiple motivations. It depends. Is it Ultimate Spider-Man? Is it Spider-Man? Is it some three-piece issue that takes them to space? (laughs) We have a bigger responsibility (laughs) to represent the character of the villain as it is conceived, because that way it will survive the test of time. All the rest—that's a movie. What an opportunity to make! Can you imagine seeing Paul Giamatti in a leather suit? I think they would have killed us. They gave us a hard time with the lizard. <laughs> yeah, so we totally back down, totally right. back
5: down from anything that would be actually comic related. Yeah, that—that's what I'm taking from it. Oh, we might go to space.
0: Oh my god! Will you? Right? <laughs> Are you going to space? Uh, Matt Tolmach and Ari Arad, uh, they also talked about what kind what we kind of alluded to last week in our episode uh, about Carnage being a villain in the Spider-Man movies, but offered that it might be in the Venom movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Arad said, what a great idea. To which Tolmach followed up with, exactly, the idea of Venom and Carnage, taking it into consideration. Watch out for this Venom movie. We are crazy excited. <laughs> I'm glad they are. Yeah. I'm
5: totally not. Yeah. With those two at the helm, I'm just not. I mean, I I don't see any vision. I just see them trying to play to whatever. You know, they they're talking all this shit and they don't really say anything about the actual source material. Right. They're basically saying we're not going to follow that whatsoever. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I want to see Venom. I want to see him done in the right fucking way as the most menacing threat to Spider-Man. Yeah,
0: you have said in the past, like, I want to see Venom done correctly, which we can say that Raimi's Venom wasn't what we wanted. Yeah. You want to see him be, like, fucking, like, a shark. Right. Like, a killer. Yeah. And a huge threat. Like, I, I want it to be, like, a horror film. right.
5: I don't need huge backstory on who this guy Mm -hmm. is right off the bat. Right. Maybe later, but at first, this guy should be murdering people. Yeah. And he Spider-Man should be like, I've never faced anything like this before. Mm -hmm. The guy can stand up to him pound for pound, no problem. Right. I don't care so much about Carnage at this point. Carnage can come like 15 movies later. I don't give a shit. There's so many stories to tell with Venom. Right, right. And I, I just don't think that, I thought the lizard was fine. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with the lizard. I just thought that the movie was weak. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, uh, you know, Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus was awesome. Why can't... You know, why do we have to immediately jump to the Sinister Six and Venom having a solo movie? Right. Just out of nowhere. There's
0: so many great Spider-Man stories that they haven't even talked about. Like, what about Craven's Last Hunt?
5: Right. I don't... I, I just don't get it. Like...
0: Eddie Brock's
5: a great character. Venom's a great character. I don't see it as a standalone film from Spider-Man. Yeah. I see it as a deadly deadly threat to Spider-Man in one movie that continues, you know, down the road. Right. It doesn't even have to come into the second one. Like, maybe he's gone. Who knows? But you have this evil... Which movie is Drew Goddard doing? Ah, uh, shit.
0: I don't know. Is that Sinister Six? or? I
5: think he's doing Sinister Six.
0: I have hopes for that one. Yeah. I love Drew Goddard. Drew
5: Goddard's great. And, and I think he can pull that off. I think that's fine. The whole Sinister Six element, I think is the right thing. Right. But to, uh, you know, automatically be like, there's going to be a Venom solo movie because you like him so much.
0: Right. And we're going to throw in Carnage because you like him so much. Well, what about like if they do like the Flash Thompson Venom?
5: Well, that's a different story, but I I don't see it playing out in the Spider-Man movie universe. Right. I see that playing out in the Avengers movie universe more than like yeah. a Spider-Man movie universe. I don't I don't want to see Eddie Brock's Venom become a good guy. Oh fuck no no, he's a murderous killing machine. Right, and you can't kill him. No, uh, like it doesn't end. It just always comes back. No, I want to see like the Flash Thompson. Right. But see, I, I don't understand, like, in the movies, you know, you have, you know, Christopher Nolan didn't do this, but Tim Burton, you know, I'm going to kill the Joker yeah, in the first Batman movie. Don't, you know, and, and they did it with Venom in the original Spider-Man yeah. trilogy. It's like, you know, don't kill him off. You don't have to have him in every single movie, but he's there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't go away. That's like a lot of movies, like they kill off like their best villains. Right. You've, it, and they've talked about this with the Sinister Six. Like, right. how exciting would it be to explore these villains and maybe some, maybe they're a little bit good too at the same time. Right. No, just just have this. Venom is a psychopathic killing machine yeah. that has the same powers as Spider Man. Can beat the shit out of him, and he doesn't stop. He right? Hates the sh- he hates him. Yeah. He never goes away. He doesn't get killed, and and that's what I want. I want a villain that's always there. Always. It's kind of like Th- Thanos and Avengers. You never know when he could show up. Right? Why Why kill him off so early? And I think they're going to do that with Avengers too. They're going to stretch that out as long as possible. Yeah. But if you really want the villain to be a center point, and I think the same thing with Batman, don't ever kill off the Joker. Yeah, keep him there.
0: But well, he, that's what they tried to do. I mean, in the Nolan film, yeah. I I'm, think that, yeah. I think that they tried to keep him around. Unfortunately, you know Heath Ledger passed away, but yeah. I think they learned from that first, you know, Michael Keaton movie. that after Jack Nicholson, di- uh, you know, his character the Joker died. Like they really didn't have anything else to go with.
5: Yeah. You know,
0: tear tear Peter
5: Parker's life apart with Venom. Yeah. But you don't need to ultimately kill Venom
0: to end that story. Right. It shouldn't happen. We should learn that from the comics. Right. Um, Let's talk a little bit of X-Men news. Uh, If you watched the final trailer that came out, I think it was trailer number four for X-Men Days of Future Past, you might have caught Anna Paquin's name in the credits. Yeah. Uh, well, BuzzFeed contacted the Fox representatives, and it has confirmed that she will indeed make the final cut of the film, albeit a cameo. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. She's in the film, though. I mean, we've been giving them shit, though, for, like, filming these scenes with her and, like basically cutting her out yeah
5: yeah well they yeah they didn't they come out and say that yeah. she was totally cut out of the right. film yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and i think people are like i'm sad yeah i'm sad about that because i want to see her rogue it nope. was so
0: good nope Suki Suki yeah. stackhouse is back in the film Beal, uh, <laughs> Beal. <laughs> um, last week i brought up that channing tatum was interested in playing gambit in a future x-men film uh this is Months ago, they brought up Channing Tatum. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, he spoke with MTV News about this, and he had this to say: "I met with Lower Lauren Schuler Donner, and w- I would love it." gambit is really the only x-man i've ever loved i mean i've loved them all they're all great but i guess from being down south my dad's from louisiana i'm from mississippi alabama florida i don't know i just related to him he's just kind of suave he's the most un x-men x-man that's ever been an x Men, other than maybe wolverine who's like the anti-hero he's a thief He's not even a hero. He's kind of walking the line of Grey. He loves women and drinking and smoking and stuff. So he's just a cool guy who happens to have a moral center. I hope it comes together. You never know. It's a weird industry. If the stars align, I would die to play it. I'm already working on the accent. It's crappy at the moment. (laughs) But no, I mean... (laughs) That sounds pretty passionate, right? He sounds passionate about the character. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I didn't really care for Channing Tatum until uh, what was it? This is the end. Oh yeah, fantastic! fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked him in uh, I fucking I liked him in uh, what was it Twenty One Jump Street? Yeah, that was fun too. He just seems like he has a, a good sense of things. You well, know? and he's a big name, and he's a big draw, and I think Fox Studios needs to get some more big names in their stable. Right now, they've got Fastbender, they've got Jennifer Lawrence, who they've only got for one more film. Yeah, she signed a three picture deal. Thank God. Uh she did uh she did uh X-Men first class. She's doing X-Men Days of Future Past. She's got one more film after that. They got Fast Bender and they got Hugh Jackman for who knows how long. Yeah. They've got him for Wolverine too. And maybe I don't know if he's even doing Apocalypse. Well, they already tried Gambit. They've tried Gambit with Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I like Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. But that Wolverine movie was garbage. It was weak. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. He's, he's another character though. It's like, do you just throw him
5: in? I mean, he's almost like Boba Fett. Like he's, he's everybody's like side peripheral favorite character. They
0: need to get him right, man.
5: Yeah. And I don't know how to do that.
0: They gotta, they gotta, they're talking about throwing him into apocalypse. Yeah. So we'll see. They're
5: going to throw all kinds of shit into apocalypse. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. From the sounds of it. Yeah.
5: And I'm not, I'm not interested at all because of how early they've been talking about this.
0: My dude, I would love after days of future past comes out. I think it comes out May 23rd. I would love to get on our podcast, you know, a couple days later on May 25th record on Sunday, you know, like we do. Yeah. And come on here and be like, yeah, I fucking Tupperware days of future past. Yeah. Hard yeah <laughs> i'd seal that shit i would love it but i don't think that's gonna happen unfortunately no and like okay we talked a little bit we, we're we well aware of the brian singer accusations right now yeah, about yeah. the molestation of the boy in 1999 we don't really want to talk about it no
5: no i i, I don't i don't want to talk about like i i'm not saying one word or the other whether i believe it or not but we don't know any facts
0: honestly. we don't know any facts
5: it's a bunch of you know, hearsay and rumors, and that's, you know, that's not something we want to subscribe to, and we want, anyone else that's following this story,
0: until you hear the facts, I I wouldn't. If it happened, it's unfortunate, and it's horrible, it's a horrible thing. Yeah. But until, like, you know, more news comes out, and until he's, like, you know, convicted or whatever, I'm not... (laughs)
2: But
5: I'm laughing, and I'm not laughing because of the situation. I'm laughing because this is coming out because I think everyone knows that this movie's going to be shit. I'm not saying well, okay. I'm not saying everybody, not everyone knows it's going to be shit, but I just think that it's our. The last preview we saw, the dialogue was horrible, the scenes were horrible, the costumes were horrible, everything about it, you know. And I'm a huge X-Men fan. It was X-Men Batman for me. Growing mm-hmm. up. X-Men and Batman. Yeah. I've all, I, I enjoyed X-Men 1, even though it wasn't that good. X-Men 2, I really liked. X-Men 3, of course, sucked. X-Men Last Stand can, it was that sucked. Yeah. X-Men Last Stand was awful. Um, I love the characters. I want everything to go well for this movie, but I don't think it's going to be. And I think people know that. And I, personally, this is possibly an opportunist trying to jump on that train saying, Let's smash this guy's career permanently.
0: Yeah, why did it have to come out now?
5: Yeah, exactly. Right before it's going to
0: open. Well, I mean, it supposedly happened in nineteen ninety nine, right. and then like right before the movie comes out, now it comes out. Yeah,
5: if that really happened
0: to you, then why? Were why you did waiting you wait? So and long? yeah, why did you wait fifteen years right. later? I
5: understand. Like at seventeen, you're not going to make that call. Yeah, but when you hit, your I mean, 20s, if it
0: happened, I'm really sorry. That's horrible. Yeah that 's a horrible thing but i 'm going to wait
5: till this guy 's next movie comes out right that apparently looks like it 's going to suck and i 'm going to bash him you know i don 't know but yeah that 's that 's the thing with that story, but that doesn 't take away from the fact that it looks horrible
0: yeah <laughs>
5: unfortunately
0: i 'm all i 'm thinking about right now is that quicksilver quicksilver breakfast sandwich right and well, how much I want to eat it
5: what i 'm thinking about is the last trailer where they have Wolverine and he 's talking uh, to a young professor X and the dialogue is so bad. He's just like uh, hey, I've come back in time to to save you. It's <laughs> just really really bad. Uh, I'm from I'm from the future. I'm here to save you. Really fucking bad. Yeah. Everything about that final trailer. That's their final trailer? Yeah. I haven't seen anything that interests me in that
0: whatsoever. No, I'm really worried about this and it's one of the best X-Men stories ever. Yeah. And I'm worried that it's just going to totally be crapped on. Because, like, we've all, like, like, okay, X-Men Last Stand, when it first started, and they were in, like, uh, um, they were in that, uh, why can't I think of the name of the room? The training room. Cerebro? Well, they were in that training room. The uh, danger and, room. The danger room. Yeah, yeah. And um, they, they went up against the Sentinel and uh, Colossus through Wolverine yeah. and ripped the head off the Sentinel. I was just like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And we've all wanted to see Sentinels, and he, the Sentinel head looked amazing. It looks like film. it should. It look. looked like it should look. Yeah. And uh, we've all wanted to see Days of Future Past, and I'm just hoping they don't screw it up. I'm really hoping they don't screw it up. I'm gonna go into it with an open mind. I see. The thing is, you got to realize, like we bash some of these movies before they even come out, but. If this movie is a Tupperware, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Yeah. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I'm not going to be – I'm going to come out here and I'm going to say, you know what? I was wrong. Fucking Days of Future Past was the fucking shit. I'm yeah. not just going to give it a toss-it to give it a toss-it just to like be like, oh, yeah, I've been saying like this movie looks like garbage. And I'm just going to give it a toss-it to prove that, that, that to myself and to everybody else that I was right. Yeah. No, I'm. If it's awesome, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It just, it just,
5: you know, everything looks like a Brian Singer movie. Yeah, everything looks like it. Nothing's changed. And we love the Untouchables. The Untouchables is the only good thing I think he's done. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was a good movie. It was a great movie. (laughs) Um, but. Everything else, all these action movies, he's not suited for this shit.
0: Yeah, I don't know how many times you need to watch Jack and the Giant Slayer, well, Slayer before you know it's a piece of shit.
5: Right, but like even in the trailer, you look at uh, uh like an outside scene with like uh, they show Storm on a balcony and like this Sentinel comes up and almost kills her. He may, right. may kill her, but. It's an outside scene and it looks like it was done in a fucking studio somewhere. Yeah. You can tell damn well that's a Brian Singer film. Yeah. He doesn't know how to do that stuff. Right. And, you know, maybe some of the visual effects are going to be cool, but all these trailers are like, you know, here's Sunfire or Sunspot. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Sunfire or Starfire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sunspot. Is
5: it Sunspot in this one? Yeah. Well, you know, they're showing all kinds of scenes, fire and ice, and all kinds of Iceman scenes where yeah. he's skating on the ice. That doesn't show me shit. Yeah. I haven't seen anything good from any of the dialogue that's compelling. Mm-hmm. The music's the only thing that's intense. Right. And that's it. Mm-hmm. The I Sentinels, agree. I'm not like, ooh, God, the Sentinels, finally. No, I'm like, oh, fuck, that looks like shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Sentinels in X-Men Last Stand look better. Yeah,
5: exactly. And it was
0: just that one little scene. Yeah. I don't know,
5: and you know the reason I liked X Men Two was because it was more of a close quarter thing. It was more based on the characters. It wasn't so much based on superpowers. But this one's all about here's a new mutant, here's a new mutant, here's a new mutant, here's the beast again, here's the beast again. He's blue.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> how much like how, how how much justice are gonna are they gonna do to these characters that they're just like haphazardly introducing like None. Bishop Bishop and the guy that plays Bishop is a fantastic actor,
5: absolutely. And Bishop's a cool fucking character next to Cable. I don't want them touching X-Force. I don't want any of these guys touching X-Force. Cable, Bishop, any of those future characters. Don't fucking fuck with them. But, you know, all they care about, here's a new shot of Mystique. Here's a new shot of Beast. We may throw in Nightcrawler. Uh, I don't know. We might save him for Apocalypse.
0: That'll be Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah.
5: So you guys have something to go and force you to go if see the next one.
0: Toad is coming back in this film. It's not Ray Park. They got a new actor playing They Toad. have
5: talked about a possible Brotherhood of Evil kind yeah. of incarnation in this, which I don't care.
0: Right. I don't care. I don't want him doing it. We want to see this movie do well. Yeah. But, I mean, from the trailers, we're not excited at all.
5: No, the cartoons are better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up the show. But finally, uh, Jonathan Nolan, uh, he's the brother to Christopher Nolan. He was on Larry King Now, and he was asked a question about if he was surprised with Warner Brothers' selection of Ben Affleck as Batman, to which I want to play the response and also a little bit of audio after his, after his response because I just thought it was pretty cool. So let me go ahead, and I'm going to play that. Here we go. Hello play. Damn it, I'm going to have to edit this. <laughs> Jay talk about something.
2: Um <sighs> Oh god.
0: <laughs> what the frick? I was uh, you know what? This might have to wait or I this may never even happen. Yeah, we might not hear this. So anyway,
5: Brian Singer,
0: yeah. he forcefully—this <laughs> this is not going to happen.
5: Let me just uh, forcefully.
0: <laughs> I tot- I totally do not have this audio clip.
5: Sodomized Wolverine.
0: <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Knock it off! That did not happen. That didn't happen. That's false. All right. (laughs) Fuck! What happened to my audio clip, dammit? All right. Anyway, it was a really cool clip. He said he wasn't surprised. He basically said he wasn't surprised that he thinks Warner Brother made a good selection. And then Larry King actually came out and said that uh, he knew Bob Kane. Yeah. The the creator of Batman.
5: That was pretty interesting. Didn't he, he live with him?
0: He, like, well, he lived in the same, like, uh, same... He lived just... Very, uh, not very far from Bob Kane and right. he used to spend time with Bob Kane. Yeah. I thought That's that was crazy. really cool. Yeah. Bob Kane, the creator of Batman, which also I'll point out like, uh, Batman was created in 1939. So it's 75 years of Batman. This is Batman's 75th anniversary. Yeah. 2014. Yep. And, um, yeah, Larry King had the pleasure of knowing Bob Kane, said he was a very, very nice guy.
5: Right. Um, And Jonathan Nolan, I mean, he he just had a really cool quote to me where he was describing, you know, what what he really liked about Batman. It wasn't necessarily related to, to Ben Affleck, but he said, you know, what's really appealing about this character is he's just an ordinary human being with money and rage. And he was pissed off enough to go out and fight crime in the middle of the night and become a symbol you know, for, for fighting crime and, and, and against it. And I, I don't know. I mean, that just sums up the character for me, an ordinary guy pissed off enough by what's going on in the world around him to actually do something about it. And that's, what's appealing about Batman. I think he nailed it on the fucking head. Um, but I, I don't know what, you know, what he sees in Affleck besides, you know, trying to toe the line and say that he's,
0: you know, the perfect choice or whatever, or he's going to be good for it. Well, I don't think that anybody in Hollywood is going to come out and say, Oh, Ben Affleck sucks.
5: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And you know, he also quoted, well, you know, he's a good producer for Argo, but that's, he's playing, he's yeah. Or director. He's playing Batman. He's, he's
0: not directing Batman at this point, maybe in the future, but I've, I've honestly, I've just sucked it up. I've, I I I'm done you know I put down the gloves I'm not fighting this anymore I'm not either I've thrown in the towel I've I'm waving my little white flag of surrender okay yeah. Ben Affleck is fucking Batman I get it prove me wrong just man. Put the damn movie out. I'll see what he does. Yeah. I, I'm i done fighting it. I'm done talking about how Ben Affleck is not going to be the, my choice is Batman. Whatever. It's over. I put down the gloves. You win. Ben Affleck's Batman. Fuck it. Bring it. Yeah. It's not Anson out, unfortunately.
6: Yeah. It's
0: not Carl <laughs> yeah, well, Urban. It's yeah. not Josh Brolin. Right. It's not fucking anybody else. I mean, it's Ben Affleck. Okay. I'm done. Whatever. Fuck it. Bring the movie on. Let's watch it. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Don't piss me off. Prove me wrong. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Just prove me wrong. Yeah. You know, see, that's the thing. It's like, I we had somebody on our Facebook page fucking go off on us yeah. about our opinion about Ben Affleck. We had a Ben Affleck uh Batfleck episode. Yeah. Had some guy go off on us about, you guys are a bunch of whiny babies, and you guys are just whining the whole time about Ben Affleck being <laughs> Batman. You know, dude, that's our opinion, man. Yeah, right. He hasn't improved. I otherwise. kept thinking to myself, like, are you a bigger Ben Affleck fan than you are a Batman fan? Right,
5: and that's that's what I think it is. And you know, you've got
0: th- it was me, you, uh, uh, Jake, and uh, Chad Michaels when he was doing the show with us, and we were talking about it, and we were just concerned about how Batman was going to be portrayed in the film because we love the character of Batman, yeah. and this guy's like going off on us on Facebook about, you know, like. You guys are whiny babies cuz you don't want Ben Affleck to yeah. be Batman. It sounds like this guy is like totally he's in love with Ben Affleck. Right, right. Like I I like Ben Affleck. I mean, I've liked a lot of his movies. Sure, he's
5: a decent guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: I don't want him in the fucking cowl. Right. He's not my Batman. I just
0: don't want him. Yeah, I don't want him. I don't want him behind the mask. Christian
5: Bale's performance for you know, everybody's criticism was defining, for me at least. You know, reading the comics, I'm no sucker to the Batman universe. I've read all the fucking comics. I have all kinds of them. Um, I grew up on his character, so he's my fave. And, uh, you know, I'm not hating on Ben Affleck. I'm just saying that I just don't see him portraying the Batman that I know. I saw yeah. Christian Bale portray a very good glimpse of what the Batman is, I know.
0: I still think that if you watch, like, I still think that Ben Affleck can portray, like, that cocky Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah. if you see that scene in Boiler Room when he comes in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, he can play And that. I think that they need to focus more on, like, uh, the tech, the gadgets Like, make this more of, like, your James Bond Batman with the gadgets and stuff like that. A little bit of misdirection. Hey, kind of like that Wizard of Oz moment. Hey, don't look behind the curtain at the bad acting of Ben Affleck. Let's look at the technology. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, make him more of the detective. Because we didn't really get to see a, a Christian Bale detective. And Batman is a detective. Right. Okay? Make Ben Affleck this detective. Okay? I think if they focus on that kind of stuff... And what I'm worried about is him – I'm not worried about him as Bruce Wayne. I honestly think he can be a really good Bruce Wayne. I do. That plays to his strengths in Argo where he's kind of an undercover CIA. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think he could be a really good Bruce Wayne. I'm worried about him as Batman. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Not even like even him sitting in the Batcave with the mask off talking to Alfred. He'll look fine. I think Ben Affleck sitting back in the Batcave with the mask off talking to Alfred – you Jeremy Irons?
4: Yeah.
2: I
0: think those will be great scenes. Yeah. I'm worried about him putting the mask on. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. So I think what they need to do when he's got the mask on is they need to make him more the detective. They need to make give him some really cool tech and some misdirection to maybe, like, forgive some of his shortcomings as an actor. Right. But I think uh, hopefully they can pull this off. I'm I'm rooting for him. I am. I'm rooting for him. I want this to be a great movie. Yeah. Because I've been wanting Batman versus Superman ever since I was a kid. Or, or just Batman and Superman in a movie since I was a kid. Absolutely. So I'm rooting for Ben Affleck, man. I don't hate the guy. I want this movie to kick ass. Yeah. And I'm trying to look at the positives. I really am. But um, when it was first announced, I was like, what
4: the fuck?
0: Are yeah. you serious, Ben Affleck? Are you serious? Yeah. But watch that boiler room scene, man. I oh, think yeah. he's going to be a pretty good Bruce Wayne, honestly. Yeah. I do.
5: I think, I think the main thing is like, how are they going to juxtapose Luther, Wayne, and Superman? Yeah. What's going to be the difference? Like, why are they at odds with right. each other? And so they've got to separate. Bruce Wayne from Lex Luthor.
0: Yeah, we're looking at like a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. They've got to fit all that in there.
5: And a possible other villain. Right. You know, They've already cast people that are possible villain
0: roles. The thing – okay, what the movie's got going for, though, man, is like, okay, we've seen enough Batman in other movies. They don't need to do an origin story.
5: No, he just comes in.
0: He just comes in. Everybody knows Batman. Honestly, I think at this point in the cinematic universe – people know batman more than they know superman oh yeah yeah for sure for sure
5: but i mean are they gonna are they gonna bring in the armor are they gonna go toe to toe or you know is it going to be a situation where they go against luther or is luther gonna team up with somebody what the fuck is going on right that's what concerns me yeah not so much that he is batman at this point
0: i think the focus from what the footage that they, not, they didn't show any footage but from what they showed at comic con i think the focus is going to be batman versus superman right Right. Okay. I think, uh, Eisenberg is gonna be kind of like more in the back, background, you know? I hope so. I hope so. I do too. And I hope that Eisenberg will be more of like a setup for Man of Steel 3. And then, I don't know, man. Dude, I,
5: can you imagine if he just, if, if Batman just comes in and whoops the shit out of him? That would be awesome. And that's it and then the next movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just beats the fuck out of him.
0: I mean, and that's, that see that's that was they, the quote. That's where they can do Yeah, that was the quote. That yeah. was the quote. My hands at your throat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when uh when uh the uh the actor that came out and uh read from Frank the, Miller, yeah, from yeah. the Frank Miller and uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Yep. When he came out, he was the act. He, he was the actor in the uh, Man of Steel movie. I can't think of his name at the moment. Yeah, I don't remember which. But, one. But uh, when he came out and read that, that's what he read. Yeah, I think that was very telling. And I don't know I, that that would be amazing because see, that's the thing. I want this to be. I want this to be kind of like I want these two to be sizing each other up throughout the film. Right. I want them to interact as Bruce Wayne, and I-, I want them to interact as Bruce Brain and Clark Kent. Right. Build with, the relationship with one of them knowing who the other one is, the right. other one not. Right. Then I want them to be interacting as uh, you know Batman and uh, Superman, and one of them knowing who they is who they are, and one of them not. Yeah. Then I want them both to know who they are, and then interact again. Yeah. I'm still as- gonna beat the shit out of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I want Bruce Wayne. To hit – I want Ben Affleck to hit on Amy Adams.
5: Right, right.
0: And I want it to piss Clark off. I want it to piss Henry Cavill off. Yeah. I want to see that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and I take her out on a date with me. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You know, shit like that. Yeah. And um, I, I, that's what I want to see. Holly Hunter got cast in this film. Yeah, for what? I don't even know. Um, oh, wait,
5: wait, wait. She was somebody that was borrowed, I think. And
0: she was a character that knew that Bruce Wayne was was Batman. Was it Leslie Tompkins? Is that the name of the character? But
5: they say they may twist it to where it's a similar character, but not the same. Okay. Yeah. So somebody that he has a confidant in. Which yeah. is weird. It's like, why does he need all these confidants? Why is, why is Alfred in the movie?
0: Well, they need to introduce a lot of the Bat family. Right. I mean, I think so. I, that, they were even talking about introducing, you know, Nightwing. Yeah. You know, Adam Driver was attached to being Nightwing. Which would be cool.
5: I think so. he looks like a Nightwing. But yeah, that, that's the main thing for me is that for them to make that statement at Comic Con and, 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 you know, really usher in this movie, kick the fucking shit out of him and then go to the next movie.
0: Here it is, yeah. The Batman vs. Superman news. Rumor is that Holly Hunter will be playing Leslie Tompkins or a Leslie Tompkins replacement character right. in the Batman Superman movie. In the comics, Tompkins was uh kinda sorta surrogate mother to figure to Bruce Wayne, hmm. or at least a surrogate kindly aunt. She's been portrayed as the doctor who helps to patch him up when he can't go to the hospital ah. as another confidant besides Alfred and even the woman who comforts him on the night of his parents' slaughter. Hmm. So that's Holly Hunter's character in this movie.
5: It could be an instance where he gets the shit kicked out of him mm-hmm. and then he does don the armor. Right. Finds out what the kryptonite is. Yeah. With his detective skills. Yeah. And then beats the shit out of him. Right. (laughs) Right. In front of Wonder Woman. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but that's what I want to see. If this is Batman versus Superman, Batman comes out of
0: head. All I know, dude, is we're going to see fucking Batman and Superman in the same movie. Right. And that first trailer, dude, better be fucking epic. I want to see, like, Superman standing out in the open and Batman walk out of the fucking shadows. Boom. End right. trailer. Right. End trailer. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Right. That's all you need. Yeah. That that sounds pretty great. That's all you need. Yeah. This for a down. teaser trailer. They, they, they don't even need to release any more trailers after that. Right. Do they even know what they got here? <laughs> I know. <this laughs> does is they a, even know? <laughs> apparently Marvel does because they're like, hey, we're going to come out with Captain America 3 on the f- same fucking day. Right. Right. So... Uh, 2016 Jesus I'm looking at all my statues And just thinking about the possibilities I know (laughs) Yeah dude I love that Court of Owls I've got that too That Court of Owls, the trade With the the Court of Owls mask Court of Owls needs to happen Yeah, Court of Owls needs to happen
5: Batman's next movie needs to be the Court of Owls Talon, Court of Owls No Joker until later Yeah, Bring him on later
0: Yeah all right, hey, I think we're about ready to wrap this up, don't you?
5: I agree.
0: all right, yeah, it's uh right now it's almost one in the morning, <laughs> so all right, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, I really had a good time this week. I'm Jake, we've missed you. yes, and there's definitely something missing on the podcast without Jake. Um, you know, we usually joke around a lot and things like that. I think we had all, we joked around a little bit, but I mean we've had Jake on our mind. All night, so yeah,
5: he's a real dude. He's a real good dude, and we poke jabs at him just like all our good friends.
0: Yeah, but uh, he adds something to the podcast, and we've missed that tonight. So. Yeah, it
5: was good to see him tonight. Yeah, and uh, and I hope everybody uh, follows this story and uh, gets gets uh, knowledge on it. It's 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 all over the place, like we said. It's national news, and uh, it's it's an unfortunate,
0: stupid, fucking event. If you believe in the First Amendment then, you know, freedom of speech, then you need to stand up. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) You need to question that. Right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. This is crazy that that's happening to begin with. All right. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bag, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.
5: (laughs) (laughs)
6: One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that.
0: And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard, and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David, and thank you.
4: And Check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. (laughs) And don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. (laughs) Yeah, that just happened. Ready like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and to toxic, good and to toxic. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party subculture spill over like a vulture carryover counter culture pushed over pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Let's embrace it. And the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the chaff, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and to toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. wear party. Subculture spill over, like a vulture, carry over culture pushed over pop culture left over and with the uncool kids what's to say has already been said left over pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture left over It. It taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Sure and the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Yeah, here I am, baby. Sound sealed the liberal yes la 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 la, 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 la. Why? Dude, I do not sound possessed. Dude, I'm not possessed. Dude, I seriously sound like somebody that's possessed. Because if I do, I mean, come on, seriously. Come on, man. I'm not possessed, man. What? Seriously? <laughs> I'm not trying to kill you, dude. Trust me. Come on, do I really sound like I'm possessed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just fucking with you, man. Uh geez, you're so paranoid. Uh, <laughs> you really need
2: to chill out, dude.